1: Let us go then, Barney and I, as the bedrock sun lay out across the sky like a Bronto burger set upon a table. And in the cave, the women walk through, speaking of the great gazoo. I am not your rockhead, nor was I meant to be just a stone quarry worker like to bowl a frame or two. I grow old, I grow old. Shall I wear my saber tooth tiger suit rolled? Shall I prepare bronto ribs to eat? Power a car with my feet. I hear pebbles and bam bam singing each to each. And in the cave, the women walk through saying yabba dabba do. The major spoilers podcast is on the air. Thank you. I'd like to do my second poem now. It's called Coffee Break. Can I get a one, two, three?
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Issue number 150. Still Still only free. We're not doing that 399 cent like some companies are doing
1: three hundred and ninety nine cents
0: yes can you believe that and i I bet that by this time next year by this time next year you're gonna see a lot of comics being four hundred and ninety nine cents wow that's my prediction
1: i only pay three hundred and twenty two cents well that's because you get a discount
0: at uh, gatekeeper comics and hobbies no i just steal twenty percent of Uh, being this issue number 150 all you future people are
1: out of luck
2: future hello. people hello future people
1: because i think we should reboot the podcast at number one no we're that's, not gonna do that slappy no
0: we're not gonna do that shut up slappy It'd be cool oh who no, are we no, talking, no, we're talking, talking to? to we're actually talking to people in the chat because you who are listening in the future missed our live show we do have a chat going up on UStream, uh where we've got a plethora of people joining us to see what the
3: hell we're talking about
1: you know when you say UStream, i imagine a fetish site for some reason well
3: actually look around on the streams i'm sure you'll find exactly what you're looking for you won't
0: find mika tan or charmaine star but you'll find some other stuff that's very you might find Penny flame if you look in the right place okay let's go talk about some news
2: attention mr and miss america
0: and all the ships at sea there are a few news items that we have this week not a whole lot I guess my big question and maybe the question on some people's minds and we can have some people shout out in the um, in the uh, in the comment section or in the chat room of the uh, stream. Mm -hmm. Who is Norman Osborn's secret weapon? Marvel has been teasing us now for a week with all of these images about what price victory. uh, Who is Norman Osborn's secret weapon? And he's throwing out a circular disc that looks to me like it has an S on it. Then there was another image of a silhouetted caped figure flying through the skies of some city and some other crazy stuff.: <coughs> <laughs> And then, of course, we get to uh, today's image of Captain America putting a gun to the iron patriot's head.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. When Captain America throws his mighty shield. All those who oppose the shield must yield, or else he'll shoot you in the head. <laughs> so who is the secret weapon, Matthew? Uh, Gwen Stacy.
0: ah, I should have known.
1: The, the reanimated corpse of Gwen Stacy using uh, the same technology, actually, that they used to bring back the robot zombie hitman in Invincible. And then Bob Kirkman is going to be writing the book.
3: How many people in the chat room think it's Sentry?
0: See, if you, you look in
1: the Rodrigo? foreground, I, I think that's OMAC.
3: Well, you it know. starts with an S, and it's a... Uh, My guess is it's Sentry It's as a well. Marvel... Either a Marvel hero or a Marvel villain, so I'm gonna guess the spot.
0: Hmm. Okay.
3: Whoever's on. calling now, hang up on their
1: on their Phone lines are closed at this point yes, in time. You
0: see the sign right above our heads? It says
1: phone lines are closed. And by our heads he means the extremely shiny dome.
0: Hey, look, do you see this? Hair growing back, plugs yeah, working.
1: You know who you look like? You look like Sergeant Carter from Gomer <laughs> Pyle, USMC. <laughs>
0: Pile. Oh! So who is it, Matthew? Who is it? Who is it? Tell us. Tell us. Rodrigo, tell us. Tell us. Who are these people? It,
1: it can't be. Tell us. Tell us is uh, <laughs> a DC character. character. I, if, just... you, if you look at this, the image with the guy flying in the sky and he right. futz around with the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? When the uh, you adjust the contrast. Yes. Adjusting the contrast. Yeah, that. And, the, and past the gratuitous lens flare, which I'm taking as a shout out to me, by the way. <laughs> shout out! It, that picture is, seems to be the sentry, but I don't think that the sentry is a secret weapon. Well, what about think, in
0: – have you seen the image of uh, the Iron Patriot clocking what looks like Thor? And then there's a silhouetted uh,
3: Mohawk guy?
1: That's a, uh, Ares.
3: Okay. Here's here's what I think. Go, tell us. The Iron Patriot is a Spider-Man villain who's posing as someone else, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, his secret weapon must be an alternate identity that Spider-Man took at some point, so I think it's prodigy. You think so? Uh, wouldn't that be crazy if it was?
4: <laughs>
3: well, maybe. Um, I have no basis for this. I just think it would be cool. Looking at that foreground
1: <laughs> shot, though, it looks like... Yeah, it, Aries.
3: Doesn't look, it doesn't look like Prodigy at all. Prodigy doesn't wear
1: a cape. That looks like Ares's helmet, though. Ares has that big helmet with the brush on top, like a. Uh, oh. what do you
0: call him? Yeah, yeah, like the Centurions wear. Yeah,
1: or maybe it's Gladiator.
0: Some people have pointed out that Could the Thor Gladiator. helmet. Some people have pointed out that the uh, Thor helmet has a skull on the front, and they're saying, "Well, does Thor have a skull on the front of his helmet?" Maybe that's Clor. Bum bum bum! Back again, freaking Clor. All right. You know what? I don't.
1: What care. if Clore is the secret weapon and having Clore go crazy and the Dark Avengers take him down is part of the plot, but then it goes awry and they have to turn in the sentry to try and stop Clore. But it turns out that the sentry is actually crazier than Clore. And he turns basically into Miracle Man.
3: What if, what if the secret weapon is the sentry's other half? Why can't the secret
0: weapon just be Miracle Man?
3: Oh, that'd be cool too.
0: Marvel Man? Marvel Man. Yeah, sorry.
1: It could be Marvel Man. In fact, now that you've opened your face, uh, wouldn't it be interesting if it
0: is Marvel Man? Well, they've been talking about this summer <coughs> is when he's coming back, right? Or, uh, I don't know. Or, or in 2010, I guess. So it makes sense at some point they have to wedge Marvel Man into the rest of the universe. Right. So why don't not know. through this? Although the whole Siege yeah. thing is all about... Um, not Ragnarok, but uh, what's the Thor's uh, home city there in Oklahoma? Uh,
1: Asgard, uh, let's Oklahoma. Say it. Asgard,
0: yeah, there. It Tulsa, is. yeah, Tulsa. Because it's all about you know, crashing, crashing the city down into the into the
1: uh, into planes. the plain
0: town there. Mm-hmm. So now remember,
1: Tulsa spelled backwards is a slut.
3: Good to know.
0: Uh, what yet. do you guys think? Speaking of slots, what do you guys think of that cover of Batman and Robin <laughs> number six, which is obviously a ripoff of Prince's Purple Rain?
1: Well, first of all, it's not a ripoff because Prince wore purple and the flamingo is wearing pink. Thank you very much. I like the observation that somebody made that he actually looks like John Rotters. Yeah. The director of uh, the classic movie Pink Flamingos. Yeah, that's true. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. I just saw Pam Greer's breasts and stopped. <laughs> I mean, literally my, my, my thought processes were completely. Okay. Wrong. So we'll talk
0: about Pam Greer for just a moment. She is going to be, can you believe this, Matthew, Amanda Waller hmm. on an upcoming episode of Smallville.
4: Oh, uh, that's one part of a two-parter. That is so wonderful.
0: Now, here's the thing though. It's a two-parter episode. It's the Justice Society episode that Jeff Johns has written that will feature, um, the Flash, Hawkman, some of the others that we've talked about.
3: Right. Old Flash or New Flash?
0: Old Flash. Jay Garrick. We're talking Justice Society, right. original people. But Flash. here's the thing. New Flash. Amanda Waller, CCH Pounder.
3: Yeah. I mean, maybe come they, on. Maybe they couldn't get her.
0: Well, the reason why I think they can't get her is because she's doing that Warehouse 13 deal. And
3: playing Amanda Waller.
0: And playing Amanda <laughs> Waller over there. So that may be part of the problem. But uh, Pam Greer, I mean, you know, I think she'll do a I'm fine job. Just...
3: I I think they will. I mean she will. The wall is up there, Matthew. You need to
1: look up. I'm I'm sorry, it's just <laughs> I, I I you've actually found Matthew's kryptonite. My general <laughs> kryptonite is women, but oh my god, Pam Greer.
4: <laughs> well she's
1: much older picture of her. Pam Greer could be seventy five years old and if she walked up to me and said, Hey, well, she wouldn't talk like Barry White but she would, you know, she come up <laughs> Would she talk like Amanda like, Waller though? I don't know. I don't care. She's Pam Greer. All right. She'd be like, "Hey, get in the trunk." I'm like, okay. "Okay."
0: There's a pretty cool study that came out, um, just a few days ago, from oh, what's the company's name? Simba Information, that now says or points to that one in ten adults, Americans, read comic books and graphic novels. Good, good information or bad
3: information, Rodrigo? This, this is a uh, stream only response. <laughs> and wait for it, wait for it.
0: There you go. All right. Nice. Uh, Matthew, what are your thoughts? Do you ha- do you see one in ten Americans coming into the shop on Sundays?
1: Oh, well, sure. My thing is that it's good to see that kind of sell through, and it's good to see a- an expectation. I would still like to point out, sadly, that it's still, that announcement is still supposed to somehow be shocking. Mm -hmm. This is like the new equivalent of, I don't know how many people were around in 86 when Steven and I were kids. When uh, 86, man, I was in high school. I was no kid. I knew it all. When when Dark Knight, yeah, just like now. (laughs) When Dark Knight and Watchmen went live, there were a slew of these and granted they happened before and they've happened since, but they were news articles in like the New York times or Newsweek, And they all went pow, biff, bam, sock comics grow up. And for like 20 years, I've read this same article about how comics are growing up and comics are growing up. And at the end of the article, it always ends with some reference to the Adam West Batman. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I understand. I like the fact that one in 10 people are reading comics. I think that's good. I think it, you know, it does bode well for the viability of the industry. Although I figure, of those one in ten, at least forty percent of them are waiting for the trade.
5: Well,
0: and that's but. the key. That's the key thing here that's not pointed out in this uh, in this study, or at least I'm not paying the thousand dollars or the seven hundred dollars that it costs to get the full report, mm-hmm. unless there's some really nice major spoiler contributor who contributor who wants to donate the money. But the thing that it's point out is it's it's not specifically talking about single issues. It is talking about graphic novels and trades are incorporated into that. The problem that I have with this study and the release that was released uh, by a market, uh, what is it, market Wire this past week is that it doesn't say what the sample size was and it doesn't say when the study was conducted. Because if you remember two years ago or a year ago when Watchmen came out and when it was announced that Watchmen was going to be, uh, uh, become a movie, mm-hmm. man, trade paperback sales of Watchmen shot through the roof. They sold yep. more issues in three months of the graphic novel version of Watchmen than they would sell an entire year normally. So, oh. you know, depending on how they're sampling and what they're sampling, it could throw that number way off. That's my big problem because we I, don't I know heard, the time period, we don't know the time period, and we don't know the sample size.
3: I heard the sales of uh watchdogs also went up because people <laughs> just <laughs> didn't forget, like, what's that movie going to be called? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll buy these.
1: Yeah, and us saw a huge jump in their stock. And there's Pam Greer's breasts again. There was also another comic. I've <laughs> got to stop looking at the website. I,
0: I tacked on to the end of this article about 1 in 10 uh, reads comic books. Another study that came out from the University of Illinois that says comic books should be considered legitimate children's literature.
4: Hmm.
0: We've talked about this before with Dr. Coogan, who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a. Uh...
4: Dr. Peter Coogan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's a good thing. So maybe by, you know, in other countries, comics are considered a more legitimate form of literature than they are here. Mm-hmm. Maybe the survey of one in 10 adults reading comics of those one in 10, 70% of those also buy regular books at least once a year and read those. So,
5: and see, the fact that
0: see... that comics are legitimate literature for children, I think is is a good thing for the industry.
1: The The, the for children thing bothers me because it it does but i mean we're we're looking at we're looking at a rather silly dispensation here in that there's no real difference between what happens in a comic book and what happens in a prose novel with the exception of the fact that generally comic books tend to be shorter in terms of page count and historically certainly not for the last 20 years or so but historically aimed at kids you can't tell me that a 499 issue of norman osborne you know, beating the hell out of whomever's getting beaten up this week is for a 10 year old. It's not for a kid. Yeah.
0: So, no. Well, I just think a lot of these numbers are skewed, and some people are pointing this out in the chat saying, wouldn't this mean if we're talking about 10% of Americans that that equates? And these are adults. It should be pointed out that this is adults, not all population. We're not talking, mm-hmm. I guess it would be 21 and older would be considered an adult. So, we're talking no. about that. So, that automatically reduces 13. the population. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the number down. Um, but still, 10% seems to be an awful lot, and we don't see comic books. I haven't posted the October numbers, but a good thing here, DC will take the top six positions for the month of October, something unheard of in the, probably the past 20, 30 years uh, for that to happen because of Blackest Night. Now, we'll look at the number one position, and I guarantee you there aren't 30 million copies of Blackest Night, whatever, four that just came out. Um mm-hmm. You know, being represented in that list—that's a direct market list too, people. So if you're looking at those top 300 that we post, that's direct market only. When we talk about comic book sales, we're talking about all comic book sales—direct market, uh, subscription, and the ones that show up in Barnes and Noble and and uh, the B Dalton's. Right. So, and there, I'm, you know what? I think I saw 30 million people at B Dalton's the other day.
1: Yeah,
3: definitely. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it's it right down. It's next to the popcorn and the Showbiz Pizza. Yep. <laughs> You know what? No, I, not showbiz it pizza.
0: It's the Jolly Time popcorn.
1: I just realized that Stephen is not imagining ten years ago. Stephen's brain is stuck in the mid state mall in Salina, Kansas, circa nineteen eighty four. No,
0: you did not live in Topeka in nineteen eighty four. There was this mall and I forget it was on um,
1: White Lakes Mall.
0: White Lakes Mall. Exactly. On Topeka
1: Boulevard. It's Topeka still Boulevard.
0: there. It's not a mall though anymore.
1: It's still a mall. There's two call centers and a rape counseling center. And I think that uh, the government has a DMV down there now is, that too. Where your, still...
0: is that where your office is at, at White
1: Lakes? Hey, did I ever show you the cut on my finger? <laughs> my office is right next to the old Long John Silvers. Oh, I know where that's it's at, between too. between Long John Silvers and Taco Bell across the street from El Centinela.
0: See, there you go. White Lakes Mall, a fantastic—that was the mall to go to in Topeka when I was growing up, mm-hmm. if that gives you any indication of how bad Topeka is e <laughs> Hello. Did you just mock my city? I will mock Topeka any chance hey, I get. Hey, can we have an adult tag? I no. was in
3: Topeka the other day. You
0: were? What were you doing in
3: Topeka? Oh, yeah, Rodrigo's back this week. I am. Hey, guys, <laughs> I'm back. What I
1: were was... you doing in Topeka, and why didn't you give me a holler, you um, sh-tuck?
3: Because I was passing through Topeka, and it was probably maybe 10 p.m. Okay, then.
1: I I, I I still don't see a problem. Oh, my, shift, my shift's <laughs> ended about 9.30. Oh, I didn't realize that. I just
3: figured it was impolite to just be like, Yeah, and you don't have, actually have my number. Yeah. And that. Did you have the Yaris? No, I was driving the Torrent, the company car. That's uh, not the one that oh, he got okay. pulled over in last week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. No, that was the one I oh, got that Oh, that was? Oh, yeah. okay.
0: But you didn't get pulled over last week, were you?
3: Did you get a, I a t- ticket? You did get a ticket. Oh, I've been, really I've been pulled over in four counties and and gotten tickets in four different counties in Kansas now. And Rodrigo, you know what, Rodrigo? That is? Rodrigo, Rodrigo. That's only because I've only been caught in four counties. <laughs> I spent through Sedgwick <laughs> County and uh, a couple
1: other ones. You got to be careful. Uh, the one that I always get busted in is Riley County. All right.
0: Hmm. Yes, Rush Rush County below us yep. is the big one. M- that's why I got busted yesterday. Too, All right, and let's bring it back around. Before we take this uh, really uh, quick yeah. break, we got to talk about comic books. We we're going to talk about comic books. Not to I fascinations with Topeka Stop or, or Highway about Patrol ones.
1: comics or I'll kill you. Don't
0: forget, head over to the Majorspoilers.com website yes, where you I can see pulled. Pam Greer's breasts. You can find more images of Norman Osborn Ooh, wow. getting the crap kicked out of him. You can see that Batman and Robin number six cover. Sneak peeks, uh, reviews. Of course, we've got our Major Spoilers forum where we've got the, uh, the segment going on about the best of 2009. We might be talking about that a little later. Plus, don't forget, Critical Hit can be found over at Majorspoilers.com as well. Critical Hit on the mic, a one, two. We're going to take this really quick break, and we will be right back. This issue of the Major Spoilers podcast is brought to you by Past Generation Toys. With action figures from DC and Marvel, there's bound to be an action figure for you. Visit them on the web at PastGenerationToys.com. All right, we are back. Thank you, everybody, for joining us and all the people over in the chat room over on Ustream. You guys liking this so far? Is it worth your time? Let's say yes.
6: Hello, I have a major spoiler right, and I really enjoy whatever it is that I do.
0: Well, Gomer, he'll always say yes. Otter Disaster will always say yes.
1: No, Otter Disaster will usually say something pithy that you won't get unless you knew him in 1999. Okay, then.
0: And when we talk about 1999, we're probably talking about, Matthew, some transitions that...
1: Yes. Speaking of 1999...
0: See, I think that's the price that I... Intern. I know, see? I told you. Perfect but transition. you know what time it is. I set you up, and I'm just letting you take it down. What all time is
4: right. it?
1: My clock, it it's... says it's 9.15. God, uh, God this. Mine says 9.14. <laughs> You're in the future. Hello, future Rodrigo. At this time, we of the Major Spoilers Podcast would like to entreat you all to join us for a lineup of comic books which we've enjoyed and or not enjoyed.
7: Reviews! <laughs>
1: i think the tapes suck
0: yeah, that's not good
1: you well, to wait you know, the, go ahead uh, it makes me wonder if anybody listening to this just went hey wait what happened to the sound i got you
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right we do have some reviews this week and rodrigo i've got something for you yeah you know that uh, Age of Reptile book that we reviewed many, many moons ago that you're just all gaga ga goo goo over? Uh,
3: I'm only a little bit totally gaga ga goo goo about it.
0: Oh, but you know you like that stuff, right? The dinosaurs yeah. and everything? Well, look, I got something for you. came out last week. I bought it just for you. I ordered it because I knew previews. You have to put your previews in a long time ahead. Uh huh. I said, Rodrigo's going to want this. I'm getting this especially for you. It's the brand new Age of Reptiles, the journey number one. Oh no! Please, it's yours.
1: Oh, thanks. Journey, awesome.
0: Journey number one, the journey.
1: When the lights go down on the Ricardo rip-off. Delgado.
0: It'll take you all of thirty seconds to read.
3: It will, even if you don't want it to. You'll be on.
1: For the- those of you listening at home, Rodrigo has actually read the comic book before the review. That's all right. not, by, not much. Not decisions. much earlier. Yeah, not much earlier. I got it. I got earlier.
3: it today because I haven't been around. He's been on the road. I basically, and pretty soon he'll I, be on the road again. A couple, a couple days ago, I showed up and I was like, "All right, kids, I'm running a D and D game," and then I went and then I walked back out the door and then he
0: disappeared yep. into
3: the fog. Yep. So
0: tell us about Age of Reptiles: The Journey, number one.
3: Age of Reptiles: The Journey. Number 1. Well, it's a book about dinosaurs, like the other age of reptiles. These are the books.
0: dinosaurs that have conversations with one another, right? So lots of talk balloons.
3: Yes, tons of them. There's just walls of text. There is <laughs> zero text in this book like in the uh previous Age of Reptiles books um if you've seen them. And if you haven't, there's something wrong with your life. Um <laughs> This one it it follows uh, a similar uh Kind of pattern as the other ones uh kind of small conflicts with uh between different <clears throat> species of dinosaurs which um will probably ev- eh, evolve into um much larger altercations down the line um you kind of start to see some characters developing, although definitely in these books it's sometimes a little hard. To tell who the characters are or are going to be, a lot of the time you have to like go back and be like, oh, right, 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 that's that guy. Because there's no word balloons and Mm -hmm. they're all lizards. Mm -hmm. Um, and this one's even more confusing
0: because because I guess this is at the end of the this is at the end of the dinosaur into the age of dinosaurs where they're all in a mass migration or something.
3: Yep, they're all all the dinosaurs are are all the herbivores are have banded together and are now like. Migrating across the continent, and there's all kinds of predators, kind of um, on the edges, trying to get at them.
0: Which I think is cool. Now, I was not a big fan of the Age of Dinosaurs, Age of Reptiles books before. I mean, I liked them,
4: mm-hmm. but
0: I, the fact that it doesn't have any words in it kind of bored me after a while. Mm-hmm. But in this single issue, just being able to see what uh, Ricardo Delgado does with you know thousands of dinosaurs walking across the plains, I think is pretty cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, there's. Uh... You know, getting into the art it I don't know if I'm misremembering this. I don't know if it's the color, but it seemed like in the previous uh, volumes of age of reptiles, everything everything was hyper detailed yes, um, this one is a lot less detailed, like the close ups of the dinosaurs are very detailed, but Anytime you pulled out, the dinosaurs look very iconic and kind of... Uh, Roar! Yeah. um, A lot less... Well, a lot less detailed. They they look um, like a
0: lot like Jurassic Park and a lot less like Jurassic Park 3. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Because the CG in Jurassic Park 3 was much better than... Uh,
3: I see what you're was saying. It? Um, what was I don't know.
0: It? I didn't watch 3.
3: It... Do you know the name of the that guy a... do you know the name of that guy who was drawing bprd for a while um, mike mike, mike no not mike Mignol. Mignol, but...
1: you didn't draw bprd it's um
3: well the artist from a bprd sex. a lot of the time when when you're not at a tight yes. close up of the dinosaurs it kind of looks like that guy's art yeah yeah um so that's that's just to give you a, an idea which is not bad but it's just um it was to me a little disappointing because again the previous books so much detail in every single drawing, and I wonder if, like because of time constraints or just because you know he has maybe there's something specific that he is going for um th- there are like thousands of dinosaurs in right, some, right, right. some shots, right. so it's understandable um all in all. You know, this is the first issue. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give it three slices of meatloaf.
0: What I what I found fascinating is this is really kind of the story of the Tyrannosaurus Rex or mm-hmm. the Allosaurus or whatever you're going to call this meat eater, trying to get some food for the kids.
8: Yep.
3: And that is, that is something that has always kind of been present in the uh, Age of Reptiles books. You always kind of see it from both sides. Right. Or, you know, multiple sides. The very first book was basically a, a turf war between... Uh, Tyrannosaurus family and a uh, Velociraptor family or mm-hmm. Utahraptor family or Dinonychus mm-hmm. or did, did they
1: snap their fingers and do jazz tap? Because it's not a turf war without a, a Rumble song.
3: <laughs> they but They just had funny hipster <laughs> jokes and had the same... Uh, when you're an Ankylosaurus,
1: you're an Ankylosaurus because it screws up the... They're the <laughs>
3: it, also, it also has a... Uh... I like it because a mammal dies. Yes, there's a rat... That keeps appearing throughout the book, and at the at the end of this issue, it gets eaten by a dinosaur, which makes no sense, because it's a rat, right? It's like a little tiny mammal. Well, you no, should but have I mean, we're talking hearing. about dinosaur rats. We're talking about
0: rats that are bigger than the ones that you'll find in New York City. Sure. So that's gonna feed but like what I'm a family of is, velociraptors
3: is, for a month. What I'm saying is that the the tyrannosaurus or allosaurus or whatever sneaks up on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That doesn't make more <laughs> sense to me. But hey, <laughs> that sounds
1: like fun. That should be your band name. Snuck up on by a patasaurus.
3: That could work. So you
0: have some issues with the art. You have have some issues maybe with the story. Uh, What's a a meatloaf rating that you're giving on this? A rat meatloaf rating.
3: It's going to get three slices of giant rat meatloaf, which, you know, probably is actually three actual rats or four slices of human-sized meatloaf, but since you're feeding dinosaurs, it's three.
0: Okay. Well, I cannot honestly can't remember, Rodrigo, if I ordered the uh, next issue in the uh, slot, so you're going to have to be checking out our local comic shop, if that is what you can call it. And be on the isn't lookout. your local comic
1: shop the B. Dalton's?
0: <laughs> it's pretty much as bad. Yeah. Be on the lookout for Age of Reptiles, The Journey Number 2.
1: They're not Before we go on, I do need to point out the Kevin Smith reference in the chat room. Excellent work.
0: What was the reference for the rest of the people?
1: Uh, I misunderstood that auto disaster is 37, and he said he was 36, and I said 37, and somebody went in a row. In a row, yes, all right. Nice. You animals, come on. Try not to blow anybody on your way across the parking lot, Steven. (laughs) I'm not even supposed to be here today. (laughs) It's my day (laughs) off. You haven't been here for the last three weeks. What do
0: you want from me? (laughs) Yeah. This week, I picked up Cinderella from Fable Town with Love. For those oh, of you I mean, that have looking been looking forward to that, did that ship this week? That it, it shipped last week. Here it is Crap up on cakes. the uh, up on the picture for those people there, and for maybe you there. I Don't know what you're seeing, Matthew, but man, this is a great issue. Uh, Cinderella, for the longest time, if you've been following the fable stuff by uh, Bill Willingham, you know that Cinderella is a spy, a super secret spy for the Fables, working in the Monday world, and she's essentially tasked with doing any dirty tricks that the Fables want done and if that means going out and bringing down some of the uh, fables that have gone wild or collecting magic items or whatever that they may fables be... Fables
4: gone wild!
0: <laughs> then that's what she's
3: going to
1: do. Watch as these fairy tales get really...
3: Never mind. <laughs> I did see a video featuring Cinderella a little bit, a bit ago. I'm sure you did.
0: Now, Cinderella from Fable band, Town with though. Love does take place before the fall of Fable Town. Okay, this takes well, place Hensley. before... Uh what's the what's the the gray guy that's now tearing up the, the adversary? No, the adversary is Geppetto. It's this what's the guy that face? was in the box. Remember we talked about this quite a while ago. I what's
1: forgot his name.
0: Uh so this actually is a story well, that had takes ta- place takes place between then, and we see Cinderella talking about her life as a spy, and it's just a setup issue. We find out that uh, you know. Uh, the beast gives her her next mission. That there's some powerful magic items that are being hoisted uh, onto the the Mundi world under and in the black Hank market. McCoy? What's that, Hank McCoy? Yes, and she, there is a very powerful one in Dubai. And there's some interesting interplay here in the fact that Cinderella owns the glass slipper shoe shop, which some people may not have caught before. But the uh, her underling that works for her is. Uh, Totally mad because he thinks that Cinderella is just this airhead, wealthy girl running off and spending money. Spends no time in the shop, but it's because she's always being sent off. And uh, the Beast always comes and says, hey, we need a private meeting in the back. And so he thinks that Cinderella and the Beast are getting it on, but he's too afraid to tell anybody. We also see that Cinderella has some kind of an agreement with Frau Tottenkinder. uh, In exchange for magical items, she owes one favor down the line to Frau Tottenkinder. Kinder. Yes, exactly. That's what I it means said.
1: Child eater, I believe.
0: I believe so. So it's really cool. She gets a magic ring that gets warmer as she approaches these powerful magics. She also gets a charm bracelet, which allows her to summon anybody. And who does she summon? Or who does she have the ability to summon? But three of her covert operatives that not even the Beast or Bigby Wolf know about. Puss and Boots. Uh, what's the uh, mouse's name? Oh, uh, Tock. No, Dickory, Dickory, the fastest mouse alive. And then there's Jenny Wren, who only works for the humans because she's trying to avenge that person who murdered Robin Redbreast. And so she goes to Dubai, and as expected, we get to see some of the large buildings, and she goes in, and that ring is really glowing, really hot, and we're we're left with a uh, cliffhanger where somebody's about ready to stab her from behind. Dun-dun-dun. This issue is written by Chris Roberson. You may remember Chris because he's been on the show before when we talked about uh, Robert E. Howard, the life of Robert E. Howard. Chris Roberson, for those of you that don't know, is part of the Clockwork Storybook people that are comprised of Chris Roberson, Matt Sturgis, Bill Willingham, and... I think Mike Nesmith. No, no, no. no. uh, Matt Finn. Okay.
1: No. Oh, actually, we
0: haven't had Chris Roberson on the show. We had Matt Finn on the show. Mm -hmm. That's who we had. Mickey Finn? Yes, Mickey Finn. Uh, These guys, it's so funny to see how they work and keep their friends close and get them jobs writing stuff, because normally it would be a Bill Willingham joint, and then it gets passed over to Matt Sturgis, and now it's over to Chris Roberson. And I think he does a fantastic (laughs) job in telling this tale. And the art by uh, Sean McManus is also extremely good. I really like it. I really like this first issue. This is a... I forget how many issues it is. Four issues?
1: I think it's five. Let's look here. There's usually an of four or of five on the cover. Well, it
0: does not say. It just says Vertigo number 1. On the inside, it says Part 1. And I don't see here... It does not say. Surprisingly, it does not say. Oh, of six. There it is. I found it on the hot list back part. Cinderella from Fable Town with love. Really love it. Love the art. Love the pacing. Love everything about it. I'm giving it four and a half slices of meatloaf out of five.
3: Vistapa oh. says, it's Cinderella from Fables? I thought it was from Zenoscope and didn't care.
0: <laughs> no, this is from Vertigo Comics. You need to go and check it out. Matthew, you should go check it out, really. Next time you're there I at the store, pick I, it up. I,
1: actually, I get in trouble at work because Dion... Will find Fable comics on my table where I'm supposed to be prepping prepping back issues,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and he knows I've ripped them off the wall to read them. Ah, and I, get, I get, you know, for like three months running, I got yelled at for that. <laughs> it, the sound is not messed up, by the way. It's just you. Yes.
0: All right, Matthew, what Bye. do you got? On, what do you got on the list for us this week? You've got something. Well, I'm going to
1: complete our trifecta of avoiding the big two.
0: Well, no, we did a DC. I did DC. Well, no, Vertigo is an imprint of DC, but yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's I'll go it. along Vertigo with it. I'll go along with that.
1: Thank you for interrupting me. No,
0: you're quite welcome.
1: Anything
4: hey, else you I, want to yeah, say? Have I
0: told you about the my hatred for the fact that they killed uh, Legends of the Dark Knight? No. <laughs> the Blue, my don't night get
4: canceled.
0: <laughs> Why don't you hit our trifecta with something from Dynamite Entertainment?
1: Uh, you hit your own trifecta. My mom Woo-hoo! said that I blind. That's why I wear glasses and have these eye problems. That joke is never funny. The Boys, number 36 from Dynamite Entertainment. uh, They actually just finished the Herogasm miniseries, and I just kind of went, oh! Um, But we're back to the core Boys title, or uh, the Boys title, with the regular creative team of Garth and Derek. And this is the second half of the origin of Mother's Milk, who may or may not a guy
0: that was a little disturbing
1: yeah it kind of was we start with an Im- an image that that i don't know if i love it or hate it um in the universe where the boys take place the presence of the superheroes uh the seven who are essentially the justice league kept a plane or both planes from striking the world trade center and instead hit the river and destroyed the brooklyn bridge mm-hmm. first image of the issue. Is the Brooklyn Bridge being rebuilt with the trade centers in the background? And I don't want to be the guy who says too soon, but a part of my brain looked at that and went too soon. So part of my brain may be a we'll wussy. We go on with the origin of mother's milk, and you know we have kind of a disconnect for me from the previous issue. You know, it's a, it's a moment where I just kind of I don't get it. At the end of last issue, Huey asked Mother's Milk whether he still had to actually drink Mother's Milk in order to survive. Right. And we cut immediately to a discussion about his children. Mother's Milk's children have apparently gone missing, I think. I'm not entirely sure. We get a little bit of flashback of what it was like when M.M. joined the boys. We get some interesting stuff with the younger-looking butcher and I'll tell you, Derek Robertson does wonderful stuff with the characters. It's obvious that they're the same characters, but they're very clearly five or ten years younger.
0: Yeah, do they draw that well? Does it come off well?
1: It's incredibly subtle, but yeah, it is. Um one of the things, one of the tricks that he's got is if oh, you look Matthews at which you... You eat me. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, one of the tricks that he has is that you can look at Butcher, and I think part of it is the fact that they're not in their normal, and I say normal, the clothes that we expect to see them in during most of the issue. Um, but anyway, they go looking for Mother's Milk's daughter and or wife. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's his wife. Yes, it is his wife because they find his son. Yes, I read the book, I promise. <laughs> but it turns into a huge fight. And eventually, Billy Butcher gets just beaten up by about 50 crackheads. And then they cut back to the story. And it just, I mean, it's kind of all over the place. But it also tells the story of Mother's Milk being on the Brooklyn Bridge the day that the plane crashed. Ah, okay. And it ends with Mother's Milk explaining why they have to stop the void American people, you know, the company from destroying everything. And they never answer the question. They never answer the question, and it kind of bugs me. And we get to the last page, and we see a very, very obvious full-page shot—a really beautiful shot of the World Trade Center. And the only word on the page is "whatever you put up." Instead, things ain't never quite the same again. Hmm. And on that level, it actually works. It's kind of a—you know—it's kind of an interesting tribute, a weirdly moving tribute to you know things that were. Either lost or destroyed in two thousand one, and then they ruin a lot of my goodwill by misspelling the word "boys" on the uh, header of the. Did, the, did they spell it b o y z? No, they spell it b o s y. Coming up next on the Bosey Number Thirty Seven. <laughs> Bosey, of course, is the state of being like a radio <laughs> being sold by
7: Paul Hart. Good <laughs>
0: listeners, you. have I told you about the Bosey Radio? The Thanks. crisp, clear sound of audio rocking through this Bosie speaker system. We'll tell you more right after
1: page two. <laughs> <laughs> this issue has pretty much everything. It has some gratuitous racial slurs. It has a little bit of implied sex. It has a little bit of the violence, And it has not a whole lot of clarity in terms of... I guess there's kind of a disconnect. When you tell the first half of a story, you expect the second half of the story to be of a similar note. And this really isn't it. The first half of the story is a very personal bit of Mother's Milk's, you know, his family, his life. This is my brother. This is what horrible things happened when my brother died and my father died and my mom, you know. And then you get to this issue, and this issue is essentially kind of an allegory for, you know, people blowing up buildings. And I didn't get that. There was like... I don't know. It felt like I missed an issue or part of an issue going through it. Not badly done. Certainly beautifully drawn, but just the transition didn't work for me. And that made you know, my overall grade come down. Mm. Two and a half slices of meatloaf overall for the boys. Still one of my favorite books. And I, I guess I really like being shocked sometimes when they do the stupid stuff. It's kind of fun to go, Oh man, they didn't, you know, I don't know if you guys read herogasm.
0: I read up to what, how many issues were that? Five issues, I think I read the six. first three. I think I
1: read the first three and that was it. Yeah, it went six issues. And the first three issues of that were the first half of a different story than the second half. Right, so, right. I don't know, it's just, there, there's something in terms of the follow-through, at least for the boys, that maybe the follow-through is either getting lost or maybe it's not really there yet. Maybe they're building up to something bigger and we're going to have a huge... Issue that answers all of our questions and everything goes awesome. I'm now about to cough. (coughs) Excuse me.
0: They don't make USB cough switches. Otherwise, I'd just be.
1: Right. Just like that. Exactly. And most importantly. (laughs) And you'd hear it on the other mic. (laughs) If I pull my USB port, you know, we'll take a few. Yeah, that's all right. Seconds to come back up. It's all right. Uh one of the yeah. <laughs> someone in the chat room asks if they're the only one who's bugged by the boys. And no, you're not the only one who's bugged by the boys because there are elements of this series that are very clearly drawn and written only to F with your head. Yes. They're there to make you say, Oh my god, you went too far. Oh, this is so shocking. But, oh, I can't believe they did this. I'm gonna write a letter to somebody. Well, yeah. They went into this book with the intention of, I'm going to do something wild. But there's also really interesting stories being told. I'm looking forward to next month, The Origin of the Frenchman. Because French she has had Frenchie had an incredibly beautiful, incredibly subtle scene like three or four months ago. Well, maybe longer than that now, where he's sitting at uh he's sitting with the female and she's trying to not kill somebody. And he's just sitting there and, you know, he's, it's obvious that he's just, you know, this is a very dear friend. He loves her. He's offering her a little chocolate lime in the hopes that it will keep her from going out and killing 13 people. And he's, you know, very much in tune with this stuff. And it's this weird moment where you're just like, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what his story is all about. I want to know if he really is, you know, this classic stereotypical surrender monkey or if there's some real I, I believe that there's some real depth and weirdness going on there, but that's just me.
0: Okay. So what are the, what's the final meatloaf slice count?
1: Two and a half slices of meatloaf right down the middle. Uh, the good parts and the bad parts kind of balance themselves out into a melange. Um, it's that moment right before the girl steps off the edge of the building, so okay. we're good. All right, cool.
0: Well, uh, I had said we were probably going to take a break here, but why don't we go ahead and get into our next section, that section that everybody loves, that moment that follows our reviews, Matthew. It is what? It's
1: time for the millions in attendance and the 14 people in the. Wait, how many people are in the chat room? 37. The 37 in a row? <laughs> people in the chat room. <laughs> for the ductile devil, for the fearsome critter, who I think is Rodrigo. Yep. For Gamma number nine, auto disaster, scroll, Brian, slappy the soup. For Albino! For Vistapa and the 22 guests whose names shall remain nameless. Hi guys, how are you? I say hello 17 times. It is the moment when you have to talk like Shadner the Major! Spoilers! Paul of the
4: Week! Week 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 Don't
1: forget you we
4: would never
3: forget you <laughs> divリ- to the... Spren- <inaudible> we, we totally just blow out somebody's speakers.
1: <steroids> you know the best part is anybody who's listening to the poll of the week every week knows that I'm going to be howling like an idiot banshee. I'm I like And to they, refer they usually fast-forward about one
0: minute, and then they're still in halfway through Matthew's <laughs> screaming. Well,
1: not one minute, because one minute would have you talking, and everybody fast-forwards <laughs> through those parts. But they'll listen to the Rodrigo point. They'll be like, and I liked it, and then they move on. So this week, a lot of discussion
0: about digital comics. Marvel came out. This was actually last week, but Rodrigo well, wasn't here.
1: Oh, damn again. Hang on.
0: Marvel All Comics right. announced that they had many more of their titles available through the iTunes store, through three different companies, Comicsology. Panel fly and forget the other one off the top of my head. I
1: studied comicsology in high school, and I make a mean pink squirrel.
0: Okay. Um, there's been a lot of rumors and speculations from a lot of the tech sites. I've been following this, too. We talk about it on one of my other shows, The Coolness Roundup, about this forthcoming nice, Apple tab- tablet. This essentially enlarged iPod, which presumably has a 10.5-inch screen, <laughs> diagonal.
1: My grandfather had an enlarged iPod. Had I know, you 30. just code
0: take a, take a pill for it.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> Sometimes they have to remove your iPod.
1: <laughs> Every time I look at Pam Greer's breast, my iPod gets a little larger. But the but the thing
0: is, <laughs> Apple apparently has been talking with a lot of Sting newspapers. has an iPod Mini. Talking with a lot of newspapers. <laughs> have been talking with a lot of magazines. And there's some speculation with this uh, upcoming launch of Longbox... That they might even be trying to create essentially an Apple e-reader that is also essentially the screen of like a MacBook Pro of what Rodrigo and I are using right now. Very thin, very light, lots of storage, fairly adequate battery life, so on and so
1: forth.
3: Fits on a TV tray.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, Point it of does. order.
1: Yes, haven't they been talking about Longbox for as long as we've been doing No, well, the, the website? Because I could sworn.
0: The Longbox company itself just kind of went into beta and made their announcements back at uh, the San Diego Comic-Con. That's when they had their kind of major push announcement. Now, the company may have been around before that, but uh, this, is, this is something a little different from my understanding, or the new product that they're about to release. But this does bring up this question, and this is something that we already have a lot of comics on the iPod and on a lot of other mobile devices, that it may be more efficient, may be more cost-effective, it may be a way to reach a larger audience if comic book publishers decide to go right to um, digital and skip the print single issues. Because that's a lot of money that goes into the print. I mean, we're running up into high ink costs, we're running into paper costs... The ink not... is
1: no more expensive than the low ink.
0: Well, they're both expensive, let me tell you. There's some Indian ink out there that's like almost the price of gold is what it is, per ounce. You call it corn. Yes, or maize. Um, but so the question is, what happens if the publisher decides that Marvel decides, DC decides, whoever decides, we're no longer going to print single issues there are now all these color e-readers out there. The, maybe the kin- next version of the Kindle will be color. The Nook, the next version of it, will probably be color. If this Apple tablet comes out, it'll definitely be in co- color. Why read the, the single-issue floppies? Why? I'm so or, glad you Or, asked. maybe instead of printing 100,000 copies, maybe they'll print 3,000 copies for those few people that want to order the print copy of the magazine. But, if the comic book shop is to survive, if the local comic shop is to survive, what are they going to do? And my suggestion in the past, almost a year ago, was they need to really start marketing in the trade paperback.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Which brings us to our question this week. When the change occurs, when we go through the change, over to digital only. My mom went
1: through the change <laughs> when she was 46.
0: What will you do? Will you buy let me run
1: the, air the
0: digital edition of a single comic? the print edition of a bound trade, will you do both or will you do neither?
1: Matthew. Your question is inherently theoretical and essentially, forgive me, meaningless. And here's why. The comic book industry is an industry that was initially based on Simplicity. It was based on, Hey, what are we going to do? A lot of the companies that printed comic books. I know the story that I tell about Charlton is we keep the presses running so that during the day, we can print our songbooks and our magazines and our cereal boxes. The comic books were a side order. The actual format of a comic book that we know was created not out of necessity, but out of, Hey, how can we make this cheapest? How can we do this on the cheapest paper in the quickest way possible? And yeah, but we're How not that we way now. Done. We're not that way now. But we are. We truly are. And the reason why I think we are is because if you look at DC and Marvel right now with the co-feature, if you look at the way these stories are coming out to where people are now paying four ninety nine for one quarter as much material, creative stuff, as kids paid a dime for back in the day, we're at a point where they're still trying to do it as cheaply as possible. I don't think that the comic book industry is actually – if they were
0: doing that, they wouldn't be printing it on glossy paper with the special effects. They'd be using that ratty newsprint that we had back in 86.
1: Sure they would because it doesn't cost that much to buy some jackass a copy of of After Effects or Gimp or whatever it is that they're using to do this coloring. I'm telling you that comic book publishing is based on what will make the most money with the least outlay. Now, granted, virtually every business is based on that. I don't think that we're ever going to see fully digital comics. And I don't think that anybody, well, I won't say anybody, I don't think that everybody is going to transition to the bound trade format. I would not buy my comics in trade. Not all of them. Because part of the fun of a comic is finding a specific issue. It's the thrill of the hunt. It's going to that store in... You know, Bruce just moved to Denver and we find this crappy hole in the wall place in Denver in an area we'd never go into that we'd probably get stabbed in. But hey, I found two issues of Black Goliath that I love.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's part of, and again, that's part of the comic book experience. Given the choices that you put up, I would say both because I still want my single comic fix, but I want the print edition as well. Well, um, and I even really if don't that print think.
0: edition was only the bound trade.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, But I really don't think that any print medium at this point in time is going to immediately go digital, stay digital forever. Now, we're seeing bits and well, pieces of things. Well, I see that with newspapers. No, you don't. There are still newspapers.
0: He's right. Stephen. I get a newspaper. There are, but there, still, there newspapers. are still newspapers. That's but when you kind of the your, point. When you cut your staff in half and your circulation numbers go down by 80%. Does Hayes still have a paper? We do, but you know what? They've,
1: they print it in Salina. They
0: print it in Salina because it's too expensive to print here. And guess what? The newspaper is, comes most times after 7 p.m. at night by the time it gets here. The paper is at most what used to be a nice 22-page paper is now
1: maybe 10 pages. But they still print it, and I, it's I not think, even collectible.
3: I, I, think, I think you're both, strangely enough, arguing the same thing. Because uh, Stephen is saying, mm-hmm. you know, print comics are going to go away, comma, in essence. Right. And Matthew saying print comics are never going to go away. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. Because there will still always well, be print I, I just don't think that they're going to print 100,000
0: copies. I think they may yeah. print 5,000 copies. They don't print 100,000 copies now.
1: I mean, a good print run for many books these days is fifty, seventy thousand 70,000 copies. So you're going
4: to go with yes. both.
1: I'm gonna say both. Of the choices there, I'm gonna say both because based on the way I learned to collect comics, I'm in the business of getting a weekly fix. And if that weekly fix goes all digital, I'll find a way to read it all digitally. Now I don't wanna to have to continue upgrading. I think the problem is going to come with the inevitable look at it this way. A pamphlet may be archaic but it's never going to be obsolete in a week or I'm never going to have to spend $7,500 on an upgrade or I'm never going to have an issue where I drop my pamphlet comic in the water and I have to go buy a new one for $1,500. If I go and sit in the bathtub, as I often do and read my comic books, I can't do that. Well, I, actually I have taken my laptop to the, in the bath, but that's not the point. <laughs> Shut up. Rodrigo. I guess that is the-
0: Rodrigo. Digital single? found trade both or
3: neither neither i am done with comics um no like you read comics now i read at least one comic a week when i'm not out in the boonies um i like the trade i am the apparently the exact opposite of matthew if comics came out only in <laughs> trades it would make me a lot happier because i don't like the thrill
1: of the hunt i don't so what like what you're saying me. is you are handsome, but you're not clever.
3: <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I don't like having missing issues in the middle, and I don't like going out you know, three counties away to find the one back issue I'm missing. What I and like is to go person. online and say, hey, here's a storyline that I've been curious about. I click one button, and Amazon sends it to me. That's what I like. I like to read my comic book stories that I went out and I read about and I found out, and then See. I get them all in one go. And then I'm like, oh, that was a good comic about animals in robot suits, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I find it interesting that of the three of us, you are the one who has the most uh, stereotypical American instant gratification, give me a TV dinner behavior. That's pretty awesome. <laughs>
3: Hey, it's, uh, you know what, it's probably not as necess- well, I mean, it kind of is. I did grow up mostly in the United States, but it's probably because I am of this particular generation where everything is available to us at the click of a button. Right, right.
0: and that's what, and, and I think that's the biggest appeal to the digital comics, because mm-hmm. now we're not reaching the 35-year-old sitting at home pining away to read a book in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. We're targeting the younger set who are instant gratifications, who are running around with an electronic device, who spend ninety-nine cents on a ten-second ringtone, mm-hmm. uh, who are might be more inclined to spend a dollar ninety-nine or less on a comic book through the iTunes store than they're willing to spend four ninety-nine on something that they consider maybe disposable media. Mm-hmm. And many people still consider the single issue a disposable media. Not many people are like Matthew and I where we have. Rooms dedicated in our house to the storage of paper. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, I disagree. I disagree. I feel that anybody who collects the individual issues these days is a collector.
0: No, so I'm, I mean, No, I'm not saying that everybody who buys a single issue is a collector. I'm saying
3: most people who buy the single issue consider it throwaway media. And and doesn't that mean though that the only people that are buying the single issues now are the collectors?
1: To some degree, yeah. yeah. But I think that's more and more true. Well, of a lot of, I want to say niche hobbies. Hmm. Have you ever you ever been to a small town and seen like a knitting shop? Yes. Like Jenny's Knitting Shop. That's kind of a niche hobby. Or a quilting store. You don't see, you don't go down to the big strip mall with the B. Dalton and, and the uh, Jolly Time popcorn and see a nationwide quilting shop. Nope. I think comic books are going to turn into one of those things that, only weird old people do, or only weird people do. People who have that particular bent, like guys who collect vintage vinyl. Yeah, you know we're gonna be those guys. We're gonna be the hipster doofuses. We're but gonna you know, be. But you
0: GB Records closed because people weren't buying CDs anymore.
1: They closed the,
0: the, GB Records. They closed that many a year ago. They closed. Oh, they God. closed. We don't have yeah. a music store in the mall anymore. We don't have a Sam. They probably we don't closed have any because
1: of that. Becky never. Becky stopped working.
0: Well, we don't have that stuff because people would rather go and buy the MP3. At some point, we're going to see more digital comics being sold than print comics. And I'm not saying the print single issue has to go away. If there are collectors in our life that want to buy that for whatever preservative value, maybe we have to spend $8 for that single issue of 5,000 runs so we can bag and board it and put it away and someday say, someday I will sell this for a million dollars, right? Right. But then there are going to be many more people that are like, well, I'm going to back this up on my hard drive. I'm going to transfer it to my system when I need it. Or it's residing on the cloud that I can access at any time I want. I'm going to carry my entire 30-year collection of comics around on my mobile device, whatever that mobile device is. Um, In regards to your claim that there are not 100,000 issues sold, Blackest Night number three in September, 140,000. The top four comics in September, 103,000.
1: Sold to the distributors. Right. That doesn't mean people bought them.
0: Uh, of, uh, well, the estimates for September, 170,000. So there's, there's how many they printing uh, those.
1: How many of the books printed actually had a print run above 70,000?
0: Let us see. Above 70,000, top, the top 14 books from September had over 70,000 sold.
1: And how many books were printed
0: oh, well, in the month of September? They only calculate About the top 300, so
1: we don't go that high. So there are at least 300 books that month, and of them, 17 had a print run above 70,000. Yes,
0: except for the Marvel ones, which always underprint, so that they can send out those press releases that say, we sold out again, and we're going to go back to another print run. So so. roughly
1: 5.33% of comics printed during that particular month had a print run above 70,000, and you're using this as evidence to tell me that I'm wrong when I say that most comics don't have a print run over 70,000.
0: No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the top (laughs) comics sold more than a hundred thousand. Well I never said that there weren't comics. I said most comics. That's fine. Five
4: point three three percent.
0: I'm going You sell like my boss. I'm going with both in this poll because part of me really likes, you know, there are um I've got some trades that I need to give Rodrigo of the Walking Dead because I don't really care to read the single issues of that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather read them, as Rodrigo said, in one big gulp. And I really do like that tactile experience of paper. So If I can read an electronic version of it and get my instant gratification, I'm going to go there. If I want something that I can hand down to somebody in the future after the uh, electromagnetic uh, bombs go off and wipe out all of our precious data, I've got the print copy there as well. They're not bagged and boarded, but really, comics aren't going to be really worth that much more in the future than they are now. We've already seen that. So, Matthew, what did the uh, masses say?
1: I don't know. Because I cannot find the poll on the website. <laughs> oh, there it is. Which would you rather purchase? <laughs> Pam Greer. I, know. I know. I'm just like, huh, boobies. They say that most of us, as we age, go through one of four phases. There's the, the, I believe the oral phase, the genital phase, the anal phase, and the staring at Pam Greer's enormous <laughs> Jai phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, 69. <laughs> 69% of our readers <laughs> are going to be purchasing. I know my voice is cracking. I'm going through puberty as we speak. Pam Greer is pushing me through puberty at 38 years old, ladles and jelly spoons. That's the power. 69% of our voters, um, again, 183 votes. About 91 people. No, 106 people say the print edition of the bound trade would be their first choice Mm -hmm. many more 14 percent, say both only a few say a digital edition of single comic nine percent or maybe 18 people more importantly even fewer say neither
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and i think i think that that says a little bit well partly about our fan base uh the faithful spoiler rights are comic people and once you're a comic people, you, you're probably likely to stay a comic people. It's not a hobby that you slide into as a dilettante, you know? Sure, you'll see that influx of Buffy people, but then they'll disappear.
0: Have they, have they dropped off?
1: They really have. Well, and. Well, you after and I, reading the last our, series arc, it makes perfect sense. That's the thing. As we mentioned in our recent dueling reviews, which you can view at majorspoilers.com. Steve and I both mentioned that there's kind of, you know, that lull, the quagmire coming. And I think that has an effect. And it's also the fact that it's not a television show. Mm-hmm. As, uh, a Buffy fan who loves Joss Whedon's television show ain't getting out of this book exactly what the television show would give them. So, yeah. you
3: know. Has anybody uh, has any comic book company purchased or leased the rights to Twilight yet? Uh, Uh, who knows, Dable Brothers are probably
0: trying to screw somebody, I know they just had a uh, Blue Water Productions just did a biography issue on uh, the creator uh not too long ago that got everybody up in arms, so I'm sure it's coming. Marvel would probably be my first guess to that Mm -hmm. Uh, just because they're they're doing a a lot of those adaptations. If you're looking for Harry Potter though, I'm going to guess that that's going to go to DC
4: Mm.
0: simply because the new head of DC is the one that brought Harry Potter movies to Warner Brothers. Gotcha. And has a close relation with J.K. Rowling. I don't
1: want to read a Harry Potter comic or a Twilight comic. And I don't. I, know I don't either.
0: But I mean, but Twilight, millions of screaming
3: tweens out there. I, I don't. I'm not gonna say that Twilight is the new Buffy because twi- even
1: Buffy was a little bit more exclusive. I think back when it came out. Yeah. Um, I think Twilight's but, Twilight's audience aren't the kind of people who would come into a store, even a wonderful store like Gatekeeper Hobbies, looking for an issue of Twilight. Would you chase them out uh, with a
3: stick? I think out, out, I be gone with you, filthy demons! I think they might be the kind of people who would walk into a your or or any store looking for a Twilight brand bar of soap. I think they would buy anything that had sparkly vampires on it, and I, and and I'm not even like sliding them. I'm saying they're pretty rabid, from what I've encountered and heard yeah. about.
0: Well, that's the whole reason why. Uh... Comic-Con had so many problems this past year because those Twilight well, people bought tickets for that mm-hmm. one event.
1: Well, uh, the problem with Twilight is simple. You don't date something that is the exclusive predator of your people. Yeah. You don't see rabbits dating foxes. You know, you don't if, see if men sleeping with you read the right kind cows. of
4: comic
0: books and you go to the right kind of websites, you certainly do. Hello! (laughs) What sort of websites are those, Steven? Those would be those furry ones that I hear so much about. Do you
1: remember when you gave me that computer several years ago? Uh, With the anime
0: girl that comes up.
1: And you hadn't cleared the favorites? Yep, I know. I'm sure there's something there for you to check out. No, it was really weird because this, I, I was trying to do something, and this little anime girl pops up and says,
4: Hi, Stephen. I think you misspelled that word. <laughs> oh,
0: oh. It's better than the goddamn paperclip. Hey, everybody, if you want to vo- vote in the Major Spoilers poll, head over to the Majorspoilers.com website. W- you can do that dot
1: Majorspoilers.com
0: There'll be a new poll up every week, and we're going to be right back after this. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming back to uh, Major Spoilers. Continuing to listen. Where else are you going to go? You don't have a dial to tune on to another station uh, this week. It is episode 150. We are broadcasting live and we are inviting our listeners worldwide to give us a call. Matthew, what's that number? So, 1939
1: The Major Spoilers. Five.
0: That's right. And so uh, we're going to be taking some calls. Anything goes in this third segment. So if you want to voice out about uh, something about major spoilers that you've seen, something we've talked about previously in this show, whatever it is, uh, the line is open and we've got our first caller on the line. Caller, who is this, please?
5: It's um, me, Sally Ari. Oh, Sally Area, all
0: the way from across the pond.
5: Yep, it's uh, four o'clock here. I've stayed up like uh, um, half, half an hour or so.
0: College, college classes in the
5: morning. Yeah, um, one at nine o'clock, but I, I can get coffee and it's, right. I can basically just read up on it later. So yeah, um, how are you guys doing? It's
0: we are awesome. It's
5: just, yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from that, it's interesting <laughs> to finally see you to finally actually see you guys in the flesh.
0: Well, you can see myself, and you can see Rodrigo. Dante is not here, and Matthew yeah. is in Topeka, and we don't have his video pipe through. On this
5: stream. Uh, yeah. as, as usual. Um, so, right. Um...
0: Actually, we probably could, Matthew, if you want to see, if you turn on your webcam, and since you are on oh, the God, U stream, on. if you want, if you don't want to.
1: Well, I have to figure out how to do it. Oh, we'll okay. have to don't worry this about place. it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Okay. I'm trying to call. Right. So, so
0: oh, what's up? Yep. What's up, oh. Salieri?
5: Oh, well, Not very much. I mean, I've been, I've been getting into, um, one, one or two comics, you know, ever since I got to university. I mean, budget's thin, but I can still, I can still buy stuff. Um, right. And there's stuff in the library. Um, yeah, recently I've been, um, I've recently uh, got the second trade of Grant Morrison's Batman one. I mean, and that's been a pretty interesting, pretty interesting read, if only for the art by J.H. Williams. Jed, whenever the third I think it's called. Yeah. And yeah. And also, I got the hardcover of that um of that thing by Mark Miller, um Old Man Logan. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. Old yeah, yeah, Old Man oh. Logan. Yeah. Any Any of you Any of you read that? I mean, one of his album singles. God. Rodrigo, did you do it? Mm-mm. Did you read it, Matthew?
0: Did you read Old Man Logan? Uh I read up to the point where it got stupid. And everybody <laughs> knows that I'm not really big into reading a lot of Marvel stuff because. Quite frankly, oh, yeah. they got forty years on me that I don't uh, want to dive into. So, yeah. Well, Wolverine
1: is this uh, immortal Canadian samurai ninja dolphin vampire. Yeah, who is the coolest thing of that's all? Exactly coolest. It. Things. <laughs> so I read like it up a... until the point where they had the three page snicked, and I just kind of went, "Yeah, I'm out."
5: All right. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that's a bit. If it's yeah. It's, you know, Mark Miller just thinks he's a really, he's a very really sort of high profile writer that he's, um, that he can, um, he thinks that he's doing really interesting, new, intelligent things, but it's sort of the same old stuff, um, rehashed over. I mean, that's, that's how I see it. He's, he's no, um, he's no Warren Ellis. Um, <laughs> I is love there,
3: that are one. there, uh, are there any upcoming books that you're pumped for, oh, that you're uh, interested about?
5: Well, um, oh yeah, I'm um, also, um, I'm getting, um, in the mail um, coming soon, I'm getting uh, the second trade of um Morrison's All-Star Superman, which oh, yeah, yeah. I feel uh-huh. really excited about, because, you know, I'm, I haven't actually read um, past, you know, um, past the first trade, so I'm, I you know, specifically didn't spoil myself on what was going to happen at the end, so... Um, well.
0: I I'll be honest, you know, people pretty much know that I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan. Yeah. Following the Batman stuff. And really it really started with that um that Superman run. And I dropped that. But you know, the more that yeah. we read and the more that I'm trying to and the more that Matthew tries to convince me that Grant Morrison is worth my time. Was We Three mm-hmm. Grant Morrison? We three was Grant yeah, Morrison. It was. Oh yeah. You know, I think I want to pick up these two collected volumes or maybe just wait until they're collected in an absolute edition or something. And then read cool. it through and actually see if it makes sense. In the broad hmm. scheme of things,
5: right? Okay, yeah. Um, All right. Oh, yes. Um, just, just one thing. Um, you know, um, was the topics of the week, um, particularly the one about um the teaser with Noel one <laughs> I, I'm yep, sorry, I'm not I laughing. Totally, I've totally worked out who that is. Totally. On which it's, one? The, um, Norman Osborne teaser, um, who's Norman Osmond's secret weapon? You could, I got, I got the clue when I saw the little golden orb with the sort of S sort of written on it.
0: Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right.
5: It's Scrooge McDuck.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, ah. now it's their own by Disney. He's
5: yes. Yes. He stole a man of Scrooge's patented coins, and Scrooge is, ha- has, oh, has oh, to do work for him to get it back. Beautiful. All Quite right. Obvious.
0: Let me, let, me, let me give you a little bit more food for thought. Uh, did yes. you pay attention to the Scotty Young promo piece that they ran for the um, the Marvelous Wizard of Oz or the Wonder Marvelous Land of Oz piece? Mm-hmm. It's this kind of summary of what happened during the Wizard of Oz,
4: mm-hmm. and
0: then the, he, uh, the narrator, the little kid, is pointing, and there's a balloon that the, uh, the wizard escaped at the end of the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. It's got oh, two yeah. little balloons and one big balloon in the middle, And right below that, the little guy that's narrating says, do you see? It's a Disney. looks like Mickey Mouse's head. Wow. So, see, they're trying to tell you Uh
5: that Disney Uh is
0: going to have a bigger impact in the Marvel Universe than you think. I like your thinking, Salieri. Mm.
5: Thank you very much.
0: All right, man. Thank you so much for giving us a call. It's uh, always a pleasure. Um,
5: You guys are fantastic. The website has always been fantastic. And... Well, yeah, here's to the next 20, 50
0: years. Well, let's hope we go that far.
1: Let's hope we live that long. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You guys are old. Given (laughs) the things that
0: Stephen eats. Yes, believe me, I've had a discussion with my doctor recently, and you'll you'll hear some things
1: later about that. (laughs) I do not need to know about your digestive (laughs) and your secrecy, sir. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Next
0: caller, next caller. Next, next caller julian you're calling the wrong number call uh call the uh, steven schleicher or the uh the main main number how did julian get the secret
3: number i don't know how he got the secret number. <laughs> julian. he's julian we have on i'm guessing kirby okay yep. Kirby. hi kirby what's going on
9: ain't nothing much guys um just wanted to call in love the show as always thank you and I want to curse you guys for getting me into Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not a curse.
9: One of us.
1: Curse. One of us. Goobble gobble. Goobble gobble. gobble.
9: <laughs> Very eloquent. Indeed. <laughs>
0: wow, my hair looks really thin. What is? What have you gotten into with Doctor Who? I
9: don't know. I just kind of like... Um, I've watched most of the uh, Tenant and Eccleston stuff. Uh-huh. Like yeah. it. But I like to see what... The original series was, and I've gone into the McCoy era for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I don't know. Which one was that?
3: How did he
1: dress? He was number seven. He had a pork pie hat and a, a jumper cane. with question marks on. And it. He had a cane uh, with a big question mark on it. Right? He
3: kind of looked like Carl Kolchak. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I haven't seen much of that Kolchak. Have you or seen the Curse of, of
1: Fenric story? yet? Ye-
9: no, I have. N- That's one of the ones I have not yet seen.
1: How about Battlefield? Yes.
9: Loved Battlefield.
1: For, for my money, Battlefield, Ghostlight, and The Curse of Fenric are probably your best bet for McCoy. Battlefield is wonderful to me just because of the references where they imply that the Doctor actually created the and was the legendary Merlin. That cracked me up.
9: That was <laughs> awesome. Remembrance of the Daleks has like the best moment in Doctor Who for me when Ace the- smacks her with the baseball bat or whatever
1: yeah i have to say the know. sequence in the stairwell is nice too is that, <laughs>
9: now being a new guy to who is that the first time we showed them like not using wheels or whatever
1: that's the first time we ever saw there was always the joke and apparently and someone who's british will probably say this better than me but apparently the joke was always well if you want to get away from a dalek just climb up the stairs
0: are you talking about the eccleson uh episode
1: no, there's a there's, remembrance of the Daleks. It's a seven doctor episode. Oh, okay. the, Emperor, the Emperor Dalek comes to the foot of the stairs and they run. And I think Ace actually makes a joke about how they'll never get her. And the Emperor Dalek starts to just levitate and ah. come up the stairs after them.
0: Because I remember they did that in uh, one of the Eccleson episodes yeah. with the Daleks. And like, I was like, the first oh, time I can see the Daleks out. in yeah, the yeah. new
3: series is, is that. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, I think I agree with uh, what everybody's saying in the chat. You need to go back further, Kirby.
3: I've
9: seen most of the other doctors except uh Matthew Can Hate Me, I've not seen a fifth doctor
1: yet. Those are actually Caves really good. of Androzani or the five doctors.
3: I think as as, as someone Sorry. as someone who like Kirby has come into Doctor Who from the opposite end of where I should have. <laughs> yeah. Um, which sounds great. Which is a great way of phrasing that. Um I started with the Yackelson stuff, then obviously the tenant stuff. Then I went back to the fourth Doctor, the one with mm-hmm. the curly hair hat. Yeah, Tom Baker. Scarf, yeah. And then I saw the transition between the celery stalk Doctor to curly-headed Doctor.
1: Uh, kind of that like would be the, the transition from fifth to sixth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That happened at the end of Caves of Androzani, actually, and led into the Twin Dilemma, which is, for my money the best sixth doctor story because he tries to strangle his own companion nice i like the sixth doctor as evil and mean and hateful and then they tried to you know bring him down and make him all wonderful and touchy feely and it's just like no he's a dick <laughs> every group has that guy we've got steven hey, <laughs> yeah. hey what hey. you're the sixth doctor i'm the fifth doctor rodrigo of course is the fourth doctor he's the most popular Except for some reason that you have an aversion to celery no, I love celery. Oh, okay. I, I, not everybody can pull off a decorative vegetable. okay.
0: All right, Kirby, thanks for calling. Keep watching Who, yep. and look to the
1: stars. Time Crash. Wait. Go download Time Crash. Do See Time Crash. <laughs> Matthew, Isn't it wonderful?
9: I'll, I will be back.
1: Okay.
0: Matthew, ah. do you remember, do you remember, Um. and I forget, you said you watched your Doctor Who's out of Topeka?
1: I watched my, I think it was either KTPK or... Um, bunker hill
0: do you do you remember stargazer the stargazer jack Horheimer, used to run they used to run that like right after doctor who they still do and then the the station
1: and there was there was some show where a kid was learning no it was commander mark and his robot pal teaching us how to draw
0: i love commander mark
1: to this day i call a line that recedes to the horizon direction
0: seven there you go all right who do we got on the phone Ah, uh, some kid
3: named Julian. Oh, good lord. Julian, <laughs> oh, what's going on? Hey, I don't guys. know anybody. Not Julian much? Roberts?
0: Yeah. She was great in
1: Ocean's 12. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then she won the Kentucky Derby.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Julian, what's going on with you? Um,
8: Not much. Um, Did you pick a college yet? No. Uh, well, I did just get my first acceptance letter the other day, so excellent.
1: Know. Where to? You know, Fort Hays State uh, University is a fine, affordable success. They've
0: <laughs> they've changed. <laughs> Actually, their- we are now world ready, forward thinking. That's
1: right. <laughs> I think affordable success. So
3: there, there are, are no verbs right up- in that. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <But> where'd <laughs> you get accepted
0: to, Julian? Um, local school, Cal State Fullerton. Hey, all right, huh. and the banana
8: slugs, right?
4: That's <laughs> simple.
8: <laughs> um, probably. Okay. Um, so, uh, since Kirby decided to curse you guys for getting him into something, I think I'm going to curse you guys for getting me into Scott Pilgrim before the series was over, making me have to suffer through this wait for the last issue.
0: I know. I hate, I hate the fact that we have to wait a year between each. Um, Rich Johnston actually had an article up on his website today, uh, talking about speculation that uh, Scott (coughs) Pilgrim might be leaving Oni Press and how he's saying, no, that's really not the case. In the UK, they have to print through a different distributor, mm-hmm. and they're switching distributors in the UK, mm-hmm. and so that's why a lot of people are saying, "Oh my God,
3: Scott Pilgrim's leaving Oni." Now that's not the case. I'm just waiting for the Scott, for the Scott Pilgrim trade, which I assume, <laughs> shot, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's going <laughs> to be about six feet long. About three yeah, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be really hard to keep open when yeah, I'm in the with like, footnotes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. What do you like best about Scott Pilgrim?
8: Um. I like that it, I like that it, uh, it can actually be go from being a funny comic to being a really touching comic to being a tragic comic, yeah, which we saw most recently in Volume Five, mm-hmm. to being action and packed, like, yeah, 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 don't forget that. But uh, the thing is, uh, like a lot of other comics, that could really be like a kiss of death for them. But Scott Pilgrim actually manages to pull it off in a really, in a really rational way, and that that doesn't seem forced or anything like that. Yeah. Some something happened to my
0: my copies. I don't know what happened to them. They just poof <laughs> disappeared in the night. Matthew, What's really cool is way. that
1: Scott Pilgrim is successful in being a wonderful story with a not at all relatable or nice protagonist. He's a yeah. jerk. <laughs> you still love him. You're like, "Oh, he's our jerk." He's
3: see, but he's not a jerk like he's not like he's just kind of boy stupid. I yeah. think it's the best way to encapsulate it. Like he's a he's he's the kind of guy who always makes a bad decision, right? And there's something he's got his relatable head up his about blood. that.
10: Yeah.
8: Who? What's, um, his, what's
10: his, what his name? Played him in the movie. Michael Cera. Um, that's yeah, Sarah. That's Michael
0: Sarah. Character is exactly who Scott Pilgrim is in yeah. all the movies that he's been in. I'm not really Michael sure why people Sarah are so knocked up out Kitty about
8: him, Cera, about him being Scott. Uh, he seemed like a great choice to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not really sure either because they're um, they're going to try and squeeze all six movies or all six books into one movie. And that's the thing I'm most nervous about.
1: Well, well, a lot of the books are kind of expositional day by day thing, you know? Yeah,
3: there's there. I I think they're going to swerve us on that. I think they're probably secretly planning a trilogy. Everybody Mm. is these days. Mm. You know what I
1: heard? They're turning into a trilogy. Omega race.
3: Omega race,
1: the black hole.
0: <laughs> They're remaking you black hole your and making it a trilogy. Out. All right, Julian, anything else you want to share with us tonight?
8: Um, no, I, I think I'm. I think I'm just about done. I've actually got to go get prepped for my podcast that I've got to record tonight. Oh, let's oh, get a shout out there. There I, it, it comes.
0: First sure right. shot. Go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, let's let's hear what's the name of this great podcast.
8: <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, okay, <laughs> this is actually. <laughs> This is going
0: to be he be calls our... it Minor
1: Spoilers, and he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he has what he's something. done is he's gathered a fat guy and a bald guy. <laughs> and and, and he it's, for surprisingly, or, or he has a
0: segment called, called uh, the Rapid Fire Reviews. Yeah. And uh, doesn't everyone
1: now have a Rapid Fire Review? <laughs> Julie, <laughs> I what's I the name, of your, of, all what's right, the name um, of your show? What's the name of your
8: show? All right, this is going to be our first episode, but it's called Things I Like Podcast. Um, oh. It's just going to be about everything that we like, and it's not... We're going to try and keep the hate down to a minimum, but it's going to be about anything from movies, comic books, video games, web comics, anything else that we can think of that is funny, shiny things around the room. It's going to be great.
0: And so this is your first episode, so it's not up online that people can find it yet? No, not yet. All right. So I would expect that the first thing that everybody talks about on the show is major spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) That's
4: awesome.
0: Yep. I'll talk
8: about (laughs) you guys once once it goes up. All right. Julian.
0: All right. Thanks for calling, man. Good luck with the show. We will look for it and listen for it.
1: All right. All right. Take care, man. There. I have a comment for the chat room. Okay. The Black Holer is a different movie than the Black Hole. <laughs> it is in fact that yeah. that one does not star Pam Grier surprisingly, so. No, no, but it does star Mika Tan. Yes. Yipes. Hello.
0: Hello caller. Who's who's this on the line, Rodrigo?
3: This is
1: Dan Hello. Hunter.
0: Oh, Dan Hunter. Hello
1: caller. Caller, are All the you there, way caller? From New Zealand? I Hello, believe
0: it's, How are you? it's Monday afternoon where he is. Is it really, Dan? What, what time is it there?
10: It's uh, 18 minutes past five on Wednesday afternoon.
0: Oh my gosh, he truly is a future person. Yes. Dan, what's going indeed. on in How? New
10: Zealand? How are you, gents? Very good. Excellent, excellent. Uh, just following up, you were, guys were talking about Scott Pilgrim, the movie? Yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright, the director, have you checked out his TV series Spaced?
0: I have I not have. seen it, Matthew. You have.
1: I love space. It's actually You're where so I started. Th- that's where I first interacted with Simon. Uh, Simon Pegg, is it? Yeah, yes. there is John John of the Dead. Yeah,
10: yeah. You so need need to check it out. It it is awesome, and it's down the major spoilers uh, avenue straight away, just with the humor, the references, and definitely our age group.
0: Well, I've heard good things about it. I am familiar. Somewhat familiar with uh, some of it, but I, I haven't uh, found it up there on, that, uh, on those torrent sites just yet.
10: Matthew needs to send his copy to you. I don't actually have a copy. I have it on my DVR.
3: That's, that's why ah, Steven hasn't seen ah. it is because he had a copy and Matthew took it. Yeah, and never returned <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, it. Yeah, for... it arrived two days after the show that you wanted to talk about it on.
3: Uh, for
0: those people who are listening, Dan Hunter entered our Major Spoilers Costume Contest. As Who the Terminator. was Dan? He was the Terminator. Really? Because I always pictured...
1: That was Dan? Yep. I always pictured Dan as, you know, thinner, kind of like a, a young Gordon Sumner. In like Are a, you saying a, I'm a f- nice... No, not at all. <laughs> he,
3: he he also pictures I'm just saying you... that in that
1: picture, you looked like broad, you know, kind of broad and burly, and I'm just thinking he was kind of like, you know, have you seen the cover of Sting's uh, single, Englishman in New York? <laughs> yes. That is what I picture when people say Dan Hunter to me. Well, yeah. that and, and Dick Van Dyke. It's the chimney yeah. sweep from Barry say, Poppins.
3: That or he pictures you with like a bowler hat and a monocle.
1: Well, uh, like Big Ben, the hero with no crime for crime. You know him. He he was in Warrior Magazine with Miracle Man.
4: God,
1: God bless Dick. you, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, You know, you know where something? I get that accent? That's Rose Tyler. That is all that accent is, is Rose freaking Tyler. Yeah. Dan, do you do a lot yeah. of cosplay?
10: Do I? Uh, no, that was my first attempt. Uh, there's an interesting story behind that. There was actually uh, a friend's party that was all sci-fi related, mm-hmm. and I, I actually drove across town to get there. And thought I'd better stock up on some food before I go because uh, there was going to be drink. Right. So I went through type. Tri- uh, went through the drive thru dressed as the Terminator, um, had my uh, glasses on with the uh, red eyes blaring out. Nice. and went through Wendy's, which I believe is an American chain. Yes. Based and out of Dublin, Ohio. A, uh, ah, I did not know that. They had a but burger called the Baconator. <laughs> what was their reaction? So, um, they, they, they just looked at me as I tried my very best Arnie impression to order one Baconator, uh, which was their big <laughs> nice. Terminator promotion.
4: Nice. Uh,
10: and then they just – they. they it just looked at me, so I went to this party, had a couple of uh, beers, but uh, legally under the limit. Right. And then on, on on the way home, it was gone midnight. Decided that I had nothing in for breakfast, so went to the 24 hour mall, uh, the big food store there, again in costume, and uh, just went shopping as the Terminator. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I took photos. Here's the Terminator in the cereal aisle.
0: That's uh, awesome.
10: Someone stopped me and thought I'd been in a fight because I had my skull ripped open and there was blood everywhere and things, but they didn't you know, notice the big red eye under the glasses. Oh, that's so classic. Did... It's a great Give costume. me the lucky chance if you want to live. <laughs> that was it. Get to the chopper. <laughs> um, I think funny. that's actually a predator. It is. It is. But no, it was great fun. I will and need your
0: clothes and boots. Now... As long as nobody said "What's that on your head?" and you didn't say
10: "It's not a tumor." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
10: you are a terrible human being. <laughs> but uh, the uh, robot guy—oh, crikey, what's his name? Atomic Deserves Robo. To yeah, Atomic Robo. Yeah, excellent, excellent guy. costume. I just, so, uh, believe, t-
0: I just couldn't believe when he when he told me it's all cardboard.
10: Yeah, the, the I know the, the it looks website. so shiny the website with the instructions on what he did or uh, the the breakdown was absolutely amazing and yeah, yeah the fact that it was cobbler just just blew me away but i think next year i'm going to enter as dan hunter friend of tomahawk
1: <laughs> there you go and you'll have my vote sir
10: as <laughs> long as you, long very as much you can wanted. get an actual coonskin cap okay um you guys might have to source that cuz we don't have any coons but uh we i could use possums there- you They're kind of like
1: badgers, only with stripes. You could do a pet badger
10: yeah. hat. Yeah. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have badgers in New Zealand, either. Mm. I
1: think they call them brocks
3: there. Don't they? All right, do a wombat. Go to there Australia, go. find a wombat, wombat, bring it to New Zealand. <laughs> it's closed. What have
1: you got in New Zealand? And we'll tell you what it looks like. Kiwi have, skin. Kiwi skin hat. They apparently have uh,
0: hobbits and, and uh, Peter Jackson. Yeah, and have Gina, got, have got warrior emus? princess. You got emus?
10: Got many what, sorry? Emus. Uh no. Oh no, we have uh llamas, el- alpacas, yep. Yep. and yep. capybaras possums. Oh, I dunno. Oh, like uh, <guy>?
1: Archaeopteryxes
10: <laughs> I- I'm a comic sci-fi geek. I don't
1: know what the hell you're talking about. Hi, my name's Matthew. I am the king of the geeks, and what normal people look at you and say, Good god, he's weird, I do to normal comic fans.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Truly he is well, the
1: king of the winos.
10: I'm going to go. I'm just going to leave you uh, with this thought. Good God, Pam Greer's
3: breasts.
0: (laughs) I know. Well, you know, I was doing a search for the image, and I was like, well, all these other sites are running the image of this Smallville Photoshop thing of of Pam from the L Word with Tom uh, Welling Prime and um, Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, first I put that up, and I was like, you know what? I bet I can find a better picture of Pam Greer. Typed up Pan Greer. That was the one that came up. I said, I don't care what anybody says. That one's going up on the site. And bada bing, bada boom. One comment.
1: Wow, I'm telling you, uh, 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 reminds me of when we used to bake our own bread. Dan, and you get that that rising bit where it's just like big and round and brown and crazy. Painting <laughs> <like>, too many <laughs> images into people's minds.
0: Dan may be at the start of his day, but or towards the end of his day. But the rest of us have to go to bed soon. So.
1: Yeah, well, welcome to Nightmareland, <laughs> bitches. woo Dan,
0: thank you so Take much for easy, calling guys. in. Thank you. Have fun. Well, thanks, Dan. I am surprised how many people we have from around the world that listen to Major Spoilers visit the site.
1: I am, I am not, because our, well, our retardation is universal. <laughs> oh, boy. Pam Greer.
0: Anybody cool. else, Rodrigo, that we got? Yes, we have a caller. Hello, caller.
11: Caller. Caller, are you there? Uh, This is Josh from the the, uh, site. Um, I just wanted to say thanks for a great show. Um, Thanks to Steven for introducing me to Doc Savage, and thanks to uh, Matthew for introducing me to the site because I got a link to the Matter Eater Lad uh, hero history, and that pretty much started my whole... uh, I mean, I got into the site from there, and I haven't looked back since. And thanks to Rodrigo for just being you. Oh, you're welcome. That's pretty much all <laughs> we can thank, Rodrigo, for oh, doing. Oh, yeah, it. I,
3: don't, I
0: if, don't know. If anything. you think that I introduced you to Doc Savage, oh, you just wait. Next, or this week when uh, Batman Doc Savage hits. I wish I could do a hero history, but I just, there's so much about Doc Savage that even I don't know. But, oh yeah, my I've gosh.
11: A, no, I've only read a couple of the uh, the reprint pulps that have come out recently. Right. So I, I'm still pretty new to everything, but I'm really looking forward to the new comics, too.
4: Yeah,
0: definitely. I cannot wait. That is my comic for this week. I cannot wait for that to hit. And really, I don't know, what, what issues, what what series from the Doc Savage have you read? Have you read The Man of Bronze? That's like the main one that everybody needs to read.
11: Yeah, that's the first one I read based okay. on your recommendation, actually. Yeah, that um, is... Oh, a... Oddly enough, it was like uh, with these reprint uh, pulps that they're doing, it was like the 10th volume or something. I'm surprised that they didn't do it first off.
0: Yeah, I forget what the first one they did. It was like, well, no, they may. I'd have to go back, because I did have the first couple of ones that they did, and then I stopped doing it. This is, uh, for those of you that are going through previews, you can go back into the magazine section, and you'll find the Doc Twofers. It's like a two-in-one, where they just collect the stories as they originally printed in the pulps. They also have a Shadow one that's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, there's some good Doc Savage stuff out there. If you can, you know what? There's actually a website. If you're really into Doc Savage, go out and do a search for Doc Savage radio series MP3s, and it'll take you to a site where you can legally download the Doc Savage radio dramas that aired on NPR back in the mid-'80s. Very Hmm. good stuff. Thousand-Headed Man, Fear K, and some other stuff that's in there. So very well worth it. Oh,
11: that's cool. I didn't even know that they had made a radio series.
0: Well, neither did a lot of other people because, unfortunately, about the same year that they had the Doc Savage series... NPR did the radio drama of Star Wars, which totally blew everything else out of the water and took the headlines, if there were really headlines about radio dramas uh, in the 80s. And it oh, was a really were. good. I, it was it was really cool. I, if you haven't listened to the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi series, really good. Mm-hmm. I've got them on DVD or uh, CD. If you want to borrow them, Rodrigo, but yeah, cool. definitely go and look for the uh, definitely go look for the Doc Savage NPR stuff.
11: <laughs> yeah. Um- The only other Doc Savage thing I've looked at, I haven't watched the whole thing yet because it's kind of difficult, but I got an (laughs) old VHS copy of the movie that they made, and it's just kind of too cheesy for me to get through, but I'm glad that I have it nonetheless.
0: The The Ron Ely movie? Yeah, the Ron Ely one. Saying getting through it is rather difficult is kind of an understatement, I think. The problem, the biggest problem with that movie was that... Ron uh, Ely. No, the studio changed hands, and... Um, what's his name? The guy that was in The Time Machine, the original Time Machine. H.G. Wells. No, not that guy. The, the actor. Doctor um, Who. No, not Doctor Who. <laughs> William Hartnell. No, not William Hartnell. But the fact was he was promised a lot of things in the sale of the studio, and then when the new people came in, they're like, well, this was under the new studio regime. We're not doing anything of the new studio. So they yanked the budget back yeah. drastically. They wouldn't allow them to use any other music Uh, Really no money for music, so they had to go for um, the John Philip Sousa uh, copyright-free music, and so that's why you hear all the the marching music throughout the piece. They cut the budget for effects, so they had to change locations. Um, So it it really could have been a great movie that tanked. I'm happy, though, that they are in uh, production or finishing up pre-production— of a new Doc Savage movie. Pre-production. It's Well, I th- they, the Part script is done. I think they've got the director. They haven't announced who the actor is yet. Mm-hmm. So looking forward well, to hopefully,
11: that. Hopefully it gets through development faster than this new Shadow movie they keep talking about.
0: Yeah. I a new Shadow movie. Rodrigo, interested in seeing that? Oh, yes. R- Matthew, interested in seeing a new Shadow movie?
11: Absolutely. Especially
1: if they go from the crazy-ass Kyle Baker comics from 1989. That would be pretty wild. Um... Did you guys like the Alec Baldwin one?
3: Um, I
1: it,
10: it was
3: I I I liked it as like a weird kind of period piece, yeah, sort of thing. It's yeah. like this is a crazy pulp comic book from that era made into the made into a movie. Like I I, I kind of liked it for that, but I kind of wished that it was more awesome, yeah, and that. Mm. A lot of the main, a lot of the action wasn't the shadow fighting a CG knife. Dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Fetish dagger.
11: That was my big deal with it, too. It was just odd.
1: What I remember most about that shadow movie was being able to make a custom action figure of Tom Boaz <laughs> because all of the Shadow action figures were a buck a pop as the toy store was going out of business because they bought all the Shadow action figures. Thinking it would be a big sell. So I took a Siobhan Khan action figure and turned it into a custom Tom Boaz figure for his birthday one year. That's pretty cool. <laughs>
11: right. Okay, well, I'm not going to keep on because I'm sure other people might want to call in, so you guys keep up the good
4: work. Ah, screw them.
0: Gonna... All right, thanks so much for calling in. All right.
1: A lot of good things Co- going on. ¿Cómo para decir
0: Doc Savage Geek en español? Uh, Doc Savage I geek. am a Doc Savage Geek. <laughs> sí. In Spanish. There you go. Hi, caller. ¿Cómo who's ¿cómo para
4: this? Para geek?
6: This is Mattis Leonard, a.k.a. Thomas Mattis. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, man? Good. Having, you know, Hopefully the thing that happened... Uh, On our last big special, the 100th won't happen again, where three days later, my internet, phone, and cable go away for a month. So,
1: (laughs) well, you know, we are bad
3: luck. Matthew does have the power. (laughs) We are pumping thousands of viruses into your computer (laughs) right now.
1: (laughs) Speaking Uh, of pumping thousands of
6: viruses, thankfully, I was able to get the uh, prizes that I won from you the uh, six uh, Gundam model kits.
0: Yeah, you got a kick out of that?
6: I'm thankful for that. As soon as I can. Find a camera to get the picture. I will take a picture of them. I'll send you it with the uh, headband on and uh, cool. Because I'm I'm looking at them right now on my shelf. I have them all done.
0: So did you uh, you built them all? Did you go in and do like? Did you paint the the figures? Did you decal them? What did you do to them?
6: Well, the model kits they pretty much have the uh, the stickers and the decals that come with them. Uh, painting is optional for like the bigger kits. Right, you don't, you don't need the paint. I mean, it's just, like, lines on, like, the legs, mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, the one that seems, to, I think, would need paint would be the Level 3 uh, Gundam Alex one, but that's just for the face. But unfortunately, I don't have the paint. That's the beauty of the Gundam model, because you don't need to paint them.
0: Yeah, that's what. and the ones that I had built and played with, I just got to the point where you break them out of the mold, you pretty much snap them together, mm-hmm. you file off the sharp points from where it was yeah. attached to the frame, and that's Which it. Is- Go have fun. Rock out.
6: And the awesome thing is, about a month later, I had a friend who wanted to get rid of, like, he had, like, 13 model kits. He already, like, completed most of them, of Gundam model kits, and he just gave them to me. And they were all Gundam model kits from, like, the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. So now I have, like, almost every Gundam series on my shelf now.
0: Excellent. Now, what's the biggest one you have? What's the biggest level that you've built?
6: Uh, That would be level five, which you gave me two of. Uh, That would be week which is my Wing Zero, which mm-hmm. I have two of them now. Cool. You gave me an extra one, and the heavy arms that you gave me.
0: Well, you know what you need to do with that second one? Shoot some, Put some firecrackers up in there and light it off and film it.
6: <laughs> I would never do that. I, as kind of thing, I, that's <laughs> blasphemy, my friend. That is blasphemy. It blast the,
0: for us, too. What's the highest level that it goes up to? Ten? Is that the biggest level?
6: I, I think so. I mean, I've seen...
3: Are those the ones I, you can I've, get into? There's some well, that are like six feet tall that are these kids.
6: Yeah, yeah well it's like I think it's all uh, the the prime grade or whatever it's called, but right. it, it's a wing zero. It's like three or six feet tall. You need a screwdriver to put it together. Oh man. It has lights and L C D screens. I, I it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah. I want it. I well,
1: believe we don't we don't Otter have any of them actually here. married yeah. a level one hundred Gundam with almost infinite points of articulation.
4: Yeah.
3: Is that is that true, and uh, working uh, missiles.
1: That's what oh, yeah, I want. If you know what I mean. Have you, oh. have you
6: seen... If you study news in Japan, you know they built that yeah, slot, I, was gonna, that,
1: that
0: I was...
6: big Gundam, actual real-life Gundam. That was really cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's life-size. You can go and see it. Just do a search for Gundam Japan, and yeah. you will see it. Uh... I, I,
6: I suggest everybody go and see it, because it's really... you know, It's a beautiful work of art, yeah. if anything else. You know, it, it shows how Japan, unfortunately, is way ahead of us. Artistically, and I, I hate saying that because there are many good artists here in America. But uh, yeah, Japan definitely has a lot more freedom.
0: Well, they also built a uh, what is it—a life-size of a Gigantor or whatever from Astro yeah. Boy—that's uh, there. They've just been going robot crazy these last couple of years, building these life-size robots. Well, in and around you
6: know, Tokyo. there was an interesting poll that actually just came out. That uh, they showed where they uh, asked. Male and females, mm-hmm. what their favorite uh, anime series were, and strangely enough, m- uh, of the top five, four of the top five uh female series were all giant robot series. Oh, cool! That 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 was very interesting. You know, <laughs> whereas the guys were going for moe, and I'm not going to explain that for fear <laughs> of harm.
0: <laughs> Anything else going on with but,
6: you? Uh, I, um. Well, I started uh outside of starting uh, my own podcast uh,
0: oh here we go again with another plug. plug what's this podcast called
6: well me and my good friend uh, Donna mark uh, we are both over at the spider-man crawl Space, and we did and he, since he's doing the reviews for the spectacular spider-man cartoon
4: uh-huh
6: um we decided to do a podcast for the spectacular spider-man cartoon where we review every episode cool if and you guys are on Podmatic. You can check us out there. We're called the Spectacular Web Podcast. Hmm. Uh, right now, we have two episodes out. So, and hopefully, I can make you guys laugh. Uh, All right. Now, is this uh, Spectacular no, Spider-Man? That's fun. the new.
0: That's the new it, it, Spider-Man it, it, series, or the one from the '80s?
6: It's the new Spider-Man series. Ah, okay. Uh, All right. <coughs> we pretty, we get like we get into a big rant in the first episode about how this Gwen Stacy is much better than the uh.
3: When Stacy in the comics.
6: At least that's our opinion.
3: Agreed. <laughs> and then the one in the Ultimate comics? Oh my god, the one in the Ultimate well, comics, that whore.
6: No, you know what, I like the Ultimate, I'll say this, I like the one in the Ultimate comics better, and I think that the one in the TV, in the cartoon series now is actually more based off, which I'm thankful for. Actually, Ultimate Spider-Man is a question I wanted to ask you guys. What do you guys think of the first four issues? of Ultimate Spider-Man, because I've actually enjoyed it. I think Brian Michael Bendis has done a great job with what's been shoved in his face with Ultimatium and having to work with that continuality. Uh, I'm really enjoying the sort of the tangled lives, shall we say, of Mary Jane and Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, I just, as I said in the most recent review, I thought that the series started off really strong, but lately it's just kind of spiraled down into One Tree Hill, the OC, you know, it's just become a teen drama you know, series. None and, of
1: those shows are on
0: anymore. Well, right? I don't know. I you know, I don't even watch Dawson, Dawson's Creed. Dawson's Girls, D- Dynasty, Knots
4: Landing, they're not, they're Dallas, they're, 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 all of that stuff. They're, they're, they're,
0: it's, so are they're, these are the shows they're, they're, that play in the B Dalton and your. Yes, minds? they do. You know, you go to the section they're, and they have a special section where you can sit down and watch uh, current episodes of Dallas and Dynasty, and The Fall well, Guy. The latest. But so I just, episode. I just wish they would get more back to what's going on with with Mysterio. And I know that the fourth issue had some of that stuff in it, but it's, it doesn't play a central role. It's just, I'm whiny Peter Parker and my life sucks, but I've got two girls who fight over me and my best friend is living with me and he's the, he's the human torch. Perhaps you've heard of him. Well, I'm just kind of tired I, of that part well,
6: now. I'll argue that on, on this point. Unlike the Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man, which is a 30-year-old acting like a 15-year-old, In Ultimate Spider-Man, you have a 15-year-old acting like a 15-year-old. Well, that
0: that is true. And if that's the case, all you 15-year-olds need to be smacked upside the head. That's right.
6: Yeah, he does. He's a minor little punk right now. But at the same time, you know, you would expect both him and Mary Jane to be acting that way after the wave, you know? You have a Spider-Man that's now viewed as this grand hero, and in the Ultimate Universe, he's never been viewed that way.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
6: So he's dealing with this newfound... You know, fandom for him. You know, he gets you know in the third issue, he gets caught with the gold, and usually before then, he would have been blamed for it. But then everybody's hearing him, "Hey, oh, you you stopped the gold robbery." That's never happened to him before.
0: Yeah, that's true. Matthew Rodrigo, either of you guys pick up Ultimate Spider Man? Not lately. Okay, Matthew.
1: Um, I think there was a free comic book issue like nine years ago. <laughs> okay.
6: <laughs> well, but before I leave, I, I want to say I, your guys' critical hit podcast. Yes. Awesome job. Uh, I, I don't have the Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, unfortunately, it costs a lot of money, but yes, they you, know, you, you are making me want to start actually getting Dungeons & Dragons. So you're doing your job. Matthew is my favorite character on there. Yeah,
0: that Matthew, whenever Ooh. he starts swinging his plus-two sarcasm, that really uh, gets everybody yeah, a plus Plus-five
1: uh, paper.
6: <laughs> because whenever you need a good role, you can always count on Matthew. <laughs> yes, which
1: yep. we
3: can never confirm. And, and Actually, whenever, and whenever you need a bad the... role, you can count on D&D Brian. Yes, you can.
1: Gosh, dude. <laughs> I seriously botched a role in one of the latest shows. Yeah, you, you may did. want to listen for it.
0: I think it's next week. This week. This week, I think. Is I think I'm
1: I roll guessing. like a two for initiative. Yes. It's awesome. Yes.
0: All right, man. Thank you so much for calling. Oh, and you have Thank a great you. night. I can't wait. Next
6: show. I can't wait to listen. All
0: Bye. Right. Thanks. Bye, guys. All right. We are just about. I think we've only got time for maybe one or two more calls because this is going to be another long show for 150. And really, to be honest, oh, I don't want to be one of those podcasts that goes on for three and a half, four hours hmm. and then they do nothing. Well, to be honest, I have to listen to that in fast-forward mode because it's a lot of uh, whatever. Uh, Somebody's no calling us. Did. Oh, somebody is calling
3: us. Hello, caller. Who this is? <laughs> hey,
7: I just wanted to call and apologize for telling Stephen to shut his whore mouth the other day. <laughs>
0: That's actually the funniest moment of my of my week was when you sent that.
7: <laughs> I, I, I just tell him was that so I'm so, so yes. upset about what you said about um red robin but i just i out out in anger and and felt so horrible
0: oh believe me i i uh you know if people are are uh shouting me down that's fine because if you have a good argument as to why i'm wrong i'm all um, all ears to listen to it unless your name happens to be matthew
1: exactly <laughs>
4: well, that's only because
3: he hears that every day every day matthew calls him and tells him why he hates him yes every day matthew
4: calls him and says would you fucker, please shut here's your why you're out. wrong
0: this time yes all right so what's going on with Robin? What do you think of this uh, this new uh, Lucius Fox's daughter in the in the latest issue?
7: Yeah, yeah, everything else with the, with the the, the uh, line has been fine though. I've been really that whole line that you read about. Um, you know, Batman went playing fourteen steps ahead, and I bled. I thought that was
0: <laughs> that right, was pretty right.
7: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's and, a
0: good a good line.
7: I just, I don't know where they're going to get. Go. You know, they did really good by moving uh, Dick up to Nightwing. I, you know, I don't see them moving backwards with him, so I don't know if he becomes something else or, or what have you.
0: Well, let's or ask Matthew. Matthew's back. a huge
1: Batman fan.
0: Matthew, yes. what happens when Bruce Wayne comes back?
7: Well,
1: first, everybody in the world will be forced to buy a five-issue limited series called Batman Reborn. <laughs> that Batman will be silly, <laughs> and no one will like it. And then at the end, it will trade paperback, and people will buy millions. And in five years, we'll be reading the same stories we've been reading, and people will go, "Wow, this is new and different and fresh." I really like that part with the earthquake.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but what's going to happen with uh, what happens with uh, with uh, Dick Dick Wayne? And Tim uh he
1: goes back to being Nightwing like it never happened, and Damien is hit by a bus. And Tim continues calling himself Red Robin. Yup.
3: <laughs> so so now that now I'll right, now,
1: right yes. now there's
3: a Robin and a red Robin. Yes. I see. No, what color have. is what color is uh regular Robin's uniform? Same regular Robin uniform. Uh, was it red or green? It's red and green, red and, and yellow green with black and yellow. Is okay. Is it primarily red or primarily? primarily green? Because that was red. that was kind of like the, the like whenever I'm looking do at. Remember like... when? Do you remember when uh, one
0: year later happened, and they kind of. It, Jumped the whole stories ahead by one full year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Robin came back with this costume that's mostly red with the black cape and the yellow under
3: under coloring. So that's kind of what he's got now. Because the, uh, like, the Batman the animated series, Robin's costume was, I think, <coughs> primarily green. That's
0: the, that was what Tim had uh-huh. originally. You'd yes. think that.
7: This is all for Superboy's death. He changed his colors. Yeah.
3: You'd think that after. Now that they have a character called Red Robin, they would make regular Robin's character more Well, but see green. Red Robin has got kind of like. Sure, I mean he Doctor looks different. Lost midnight, and
0: he's got the full cowl, and yeah, he operates I, outside of outside of the Bat Family. Yes, oh, that way he can you know punch people and hurt them and and maybe do things that Batman would not approve of.
3: And that's Tim Drake. That would be I've been I've been Tim, out of the
0: loop. Tim for Wayne, a yes, Tim Wayne is what we call him here. I see, because
3: he's been adopted.
7: Gotcha. Okay, wasn't if they moved? You know, they moved Dick up to Nightwing to if they can keep Tim. Somewhere else or in the you know, I honestly
3: if
0: they if they decide to keep him as Red What Robin, I really don't have a problem with it. But as I said in our email exchange, you know, Tim became Red Robin because he was convinced that Bruce Wayne is still alive, and he's being Red Robin because he can do things outside of the norm uh-huh. until he can prove that Bruce Wayne is still alive. So once he achieves his mission, does he still need to be Red Robin?
3: Here's here's I what think I think he's is gonna kind happen. Of badass. The costume is better. Yeah, I do like it. Yes. Here's here's what I think is going to happen. By the way, Um, everything's going to get like shuffled upwards. So um, Bruce Wayne becomes that old codger from Future Batman. Bruce Wayne becomes Robin. (laughs) Tim Drake becomes Red Robin. No, Damian Wayne becomes Red Robin. Tim Drake becomes Nightwing. Wait, yes, Nightwing stays as Batman. Everybody gets a costume.
1: I just hope Debian Wayne so gets killed. It's kind of like the old uh, Saturday Night Live sketch with middle-aged man who yes. used to be young man. His dad was middle-aged man. Now his dad is old man. Yes. His grandfather used to be old man, but now he's dead man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you, man, for calling.
7: Thanks. You know, what's great is I'm nodding my head like you guys can actually see me agreeing with you. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh We get that all the time. All right. One more. One more caller. One more mm-hmm. caller.
2: Hello, hello! I'm a caller.
3: Oh, hey, the Pope. How's it going?
2: It is good to be the Pope. I would like to call in, and I would like to say, Dominic, Domini, Domini, your show is a Catholic now.
0: But wait a <laughs> minute! I thought you were German. This is the Ghost Pope. No, I'm, remember? Oh, the, I'm ghost the Ghost,
2: Mar- ghost Pope. <laughs> you have to beat me before you move on to Cutman.
3: <laughs> hey, speaking of models and Cutman, like I yeah. had, I for one of my birthdays, my parents got me like. Three Marvel model kits. It was like Venom, Iron Man, I think, and and the Hulk. This was like recent birthday? No, birthday? no, no. This was, oh, this okay. was a, a while ago. And okay. I put together Venom and I painted it in black. And I was like, mm, I don't feel like painting these guys the right colors anymore. So I painted uh, the Hulk as Mr. Fix-It, you know, eh. as, the, as the Gray Hulk yeah, instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, what else can I paint with this? So I had like a Cut Man action figure and I made it like silver and black. And it actually looked really good instead of orange and white. Cool. Cool, cool, cool.
0: All right. That sounds Nobody like we have no that. more callers this week. We no. thank you so
3: much, everybody, for being can, a part of Can the we major actually call experience. Adriana? Because I've never actually talked if to her. If she's
0: online, go ahead and, and cl- click it. She may not be. Uh, she's probably not. She may not have she's, her let's microphone talk to hooked her. up. She's. I to want to, to talk to Adriana. She
3: screens her calls.
1: You probably see hey, Steven Schleicher. What the? If she, answers, if she answers, I want to do the Pope
10: voice. All right.
3: I think she just answered.
1: Hello?
2: Hello?
3: She's not talking to us. I think she's hooked Hello, up her mic. Give her a second to hook up the mic. She's, Hello, it's
2: Adriana there. Hello?
3: She's quietly laughing at us.
2: <laughs> Hello,
1: I'm the papa. Oh,
3: she says, hang on. Or she's getting her mic. I, I thought
4: so.
3: Uh, okay, hang on. Hanging. Currently hanging. As soon as she can hear us.
0: Well, it's not like you're going to surprise her because it pops up Steven Schleicher is calling.
1: <laughs> That's right.
4: I don't know if she can hear us or not.
1: Whoa. You sound no, like we can't Roman. hear anything. I think I got it. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Hi. Good uh, afternoon, Miss Ferguson. My name is Matthew from the law firm of Peterson, Likes, Boucher, and McFadden. We would like to discuss with you the parking incident roughly three weeks ago.
12: I wasn't there. I
1: know <laughs> nothing. Oh. Uh, we have a Tenzil chem who identifies you as being the driver on the scene.
12: Tenzil doesn't know shit. Whatever. <laughs>
1: Uh, Of course. That right there, that's my new (laughs) ringtone.
12: Denzel don't know shit.
0: (laughs) Adriana is, of course, from the uh, Super Future Friends podcast, one of our favorite podcasts to listen to about the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Adriana, we wanted to call because, uh,
3: Rodrigo, you've never talked to Adriana? No. No. Sort of. They called in (laughs) once, but they couldn't hear me.
12: Oh, okay. Uh, Well,
3: Adriana, Rodrigo, Rodrigo, Adriana.
1: Hi. Hey. Welcome to Love Connection, I'm Chuck (laughs) Woolery.
3: Yeah, what, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. You're going to get in so much trouble for this? Never mind.
1: Well,
0: you know, because last week, uh, you know, uh, uh, or two weeks ago, the last time they were on the show, they were like, we think Rodrigo's a fake. Yes. Well, we know he's a (laughs) fake, but they thought that we were making up the voices to impersonate you all the time. Rodrigo
1: is just Matthew going through uh, an auto-tuner like Batman versus the (laughs) Music Meister.
12: He could still be a computer program.
0: He could be, but if you've got your... I think you, you have at me looking looking right at now. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. That could be me oh, with a beard. That's Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: clearly. No, that's a zoot puppet from the Muppet Show. <laughs> we just took the hat off.
0: <laughs> what is going on this week with you? This is our 150th show.
12: Oh, wow.
1: And so we thought I we'd just like call and say, hey.
12: Only yesterday you were doing your 100th show. It seems that,
1: that way. That was only it? yesterday because you are one of the future people.
12: Oh right. My time travel's a little bit off. Um, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm working on a comic book page for a project that me and my co-host are working on. We're making a little comic. And Kristen says that says hi in the, in another Skype window.
0: <laughs> oh, hi, Kristen. Tell her <laughs> she's, hi.
12: She's laughing at my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> surprise you that we would come. call you? Yes.
1: Ah, okay. Hey, Brianna.
12: like, I'm suddenly on the air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you and I need to uh, co-write a paper.
12: A paper on what?
1: Well, the, the, after we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I actually reread the entire uh, Volume Five Legion run, the shooter bits, oh, and yes. I started—I started counting weirdly anachronistically sexist sexist moments, and yes. I think we need to. We may have to start our own website just and call it Volume Five Legion and WTF. <laughs> oh, you could make a a like, series up on the site.
12: There's like we- slights to women in it that are very subtle, like um Night Girl. Like, oh yes, but I'm talking when about Night like, Girl wild, is fighting
1: Ultra Boy and she can't keep fighting because her top pops off. What the?
12: That's not subtle. I'm talking about like Invisible Kid's mom. He doesn't even bother to get her name right. Like his mom has shown up in like the Wade and Kitson run. And right. he doesn't even bother to like read the first issue of the Wade and Kitson run <laughs> to get her name correct. She's a totally oh different God. name. And then she like doesn't speak.
1: She, so she's just invisible while his dad. Oh my God. I didn't yeah. think about that.
12: It's so weird. Ha- having like a weird. Yeah. Like during that conversation where he goes back to see his parents again, it's just sort of wow, this, this relationship is just between him and his dad now. I mean, It was there was like an interaction between them before because his dad is like um uh like a police science cop guy, but she's sitting right there. Like say something. You notice how thrilled they were that he had a girlfriend? It was so weird and awkward. Ah.
1: Have you tried? ah, Rodrigo wanted to meet you. And now he has to listen to me, you know. <laughs> I
3: just, I just want to know why uh, during that last podcast uh, where the Super Future Friends was, and I was referred to as a girl like three or four times. Steven
1: I Stephen no, did it. I didn't. Stephen did it. He said <laughs> the ladies from uh, from the Super Future Friends are here, and Rodrigo's not. And the the way he said it made it sound like you said you Matthew regularly.
3: said that I out of the three of us, I was the Saturn girl. You, well,
1: you are in our minds all the time. You're, I'm not saying you're a woman. I'm saying you're the thoughtful, intuitive one, and your mm. powers tend to work on a more intellectual and a more a subtle level. You're the one who's reading everybody else's mind, while I'm out there throwing lightning, and Steven is magnetically, you know, turning the Yaris into yard art. And mm. quite frankly, you're the one that looks
0: best in the uh, pink uh, spandex bikini from the '70s.
1: Well, let's put it this way: if we take a different trilogy, the the classic Avengers, mm-hmm. Stephen is Thor. I'm Iron Man and you're Captain America. Yay, verily. Which is hilarious.
4: Yeah. Why is that? Because <laughs> I'm not He's even American. Well, <laughs> I, just... right. I guess you now can I am. A ton of <laughs> from Juarez.
12: <Scootawares. laughs>
0: All right, Adriana, did you get moved into your new house and everything?
12: Yes, I'm in my uh, new apartment. Excellent. Uh, Kristen and Jake just went through their second inspection for their uh, house, that's their little condo that they bought in the same complex. Excellent. So we're going to be. Still working together and easy to do a podcast. Hmm. I just follow wherever she goes. It's like, you're never getting away from the podcast. <laughs> well, no if, it, uh,
0: if it makes you feel any better, a couple of people in the chat have said they've gotten into the show and they really like it a lot. So,
12: Oh, thank you. We're really into you guys, too, chat people.
0: <laughs> chat people. It's superfuturefriends.blogspot.com. Dot com. All yes. right, Adriana, we will let you go because what is it? Nine o'clock there?
12: Uh Yeah. not right. like I'm doing uh, anything. It's
1: 10 o'clock but... <laughs> here. What is it? 11 o'clock there? Uh, it's the Industrial Revolution here. What is it? The Bronze it's, Age there? It's Wednesday in Steven. some place. <laughs> Steven, it's a time zone. It's I not know. that difficult. Hey, she could be getting ready to go to bed. Dan
3: Hunter is currently driving a flying car. Yes. That's how late it is in the future. <laughs> how...
0: And don't forget Salieri, who stayed up past 4 a.m. But he's in college. Well, yeah, you know, he's he's gonna be up for like another he's three hours. sitting
1: up past his bedtime. Oh, Salieri would go eight. to bed at 8:30. I
3: I saw the I saw his picture. I you know he actually his video was up on Skype. He he actually doesn't. It look kind of what could pass for a 12 year old, appropriately <laughs> pixelated.
0: Oh really? Okay. <laughs> Alright. Well, it is... Uh, I've got class
1: tomorrow. All right. So
0: I think Aww. we better call this it's experiment past done. Br- it really Steven, quit lying. The You've fatter, never
1: had and will never have The fatter
0: class. I get, the more tired I get, for whatever reason. So. <laughs> Adriana, thanks for uh, a chatting CPAP with Rodrigo machine. for a moment.
12: Oh, no problem. Thanks for calling me.
0: Alright, you have a good night. You are me one too, of guys. us.
1: You are a spoilerite. <laughs> right. We love you. All right, well, You
12: nice. guys are super future friends, too.
1: Yay! <laughs> Not in a creepy stalker way. More in a, a we we admire you as colleagues. Can I be way. a tiny spaceship? Yay! <laughs> yeah. you can be Quizlet. Yay! <laughs> if, if we're the Volume Three Legion joinees, you can be Quizlet, and I'll be Telus, and Steven is Polar Boy. Yes. Oh. See, Steven so cool. always wanted to be one of the popular kids. i so
0: cool. Yeah. All
1: right. He's short. And then,
12: <laughs> whatever he said, it would never
1: happen till hell froze over. So he made that happen. There you go. That was just-
12: Let's just keep going with the puns. This is good. <laughs>
1: no, it's really, great. really not.
0: All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for our 150th episode. Went a little Join bit longer. Thank you, Adriana. All right, we will be back next week, hopefully, with Rodrigo's schedule. Now yes. that his uh, PBS stuff is ending, or at least this show is for yes. now, uh, we'll be back to our regular schedule next week. We have. I promise Saltwater Taffy, The Truth About Dr. True next week. Mm -hmm. And this weekend, if all goes right tomorrow, Matt Sturgis returns to the show to talk about all things going on with House of Mystery, uh, Fables, Jack of Fables, all that other stuff over at DC Comics. Remember, we know that you love comics, and we do too. And Dark Horse, we had it first. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit major spoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the major spoilers forum. You can also follow major spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com/majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com/majorspoilers.
2: what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised if i find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun, me in the Middle East With a gang sun-throwing soldier what a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, 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 wow! What a major spoiler!
1: Major Spoilers podcast, copyright 2009.
5: Legend lives
1: on from the chiwan down of the big lake they call Gitche Gumee. The lake it is said never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald
4: weighed empty.
1: That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. That's kind of cool. What key are you in?